to another episode of Generation X Gaming. I'm 30 and still gaming. I'm your host. Joining me each week is usually Sergeant McCluskey, but this week I have a special guest host, uh, Lono Got a Gun from Sano to Rage Gaming on Twitch. How's it going, Lono? Great, man. Thanks for having me. So thanks for the follow, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, you guys can, uh, in chat, if we don't answer you right away you know this is a talk show so we're going to be interviewing lono and then going over some news and stuff i really appreciate everyone hanging out today so um just to tell you guys a little bit about what i am i'm 30 and still gaming this is my show that i do on thursday nights this is called generation x gaming uh we go over the top stories of the week of this past week from thursday to thursday and uh give you our opinion on it and then we also talk about destiny because we just love destiny here all right so lono uh i was found you about two weeks ago, right? And I found your podcast before I actually found your stream. Mm. And I watched your podcast and I watched you host it. And I was like, you know what? He looks like a good guy that could come on my show and co-host with me. So I really liked the way you did your podcast. And then the next day I watched your stream and I really liked the way that you interact with your chat uh, and how you're always talking. And it seemed to me that you're, you're, you're a small streamer, but you seem so seasoned pro at it i was like how how does this guy not have more views how not not partnered yet yeah i mean i get asked that a lot i think it's just one of those things where certain certain things that you like doing i think you like doing them because the affinity kind of aligns with the ability so something that you like i think video games it goes this way i don't enjoy fighting games because I'm not very good at them. So I think with, with streaming and with talking, <laughs> uh, my wife kind of makes fun of me because she's always said that I talk more than she does. Right. And I think with a background in sales and in, you know, interacting with the public for my, you know, my small business, just going out and networking with people and kind of being in those environments where you have to be quick on your toes, whether you're selling something or you know, meeting someone, it just was a natural fit for me. And, I, and if, it's, if it's about something that you love, it's just so easy. Like if someone asks you about a sport team or a video game or something that you love, you immediately can just start talking about right, it. Right, because you're and, passionate about it. Because you're passionate right. about it. So those things just aligned perfectly. Because I remember people saying, like, I didn't even really understand what streaming was. A friend of mine told me to try it out, and I was just talking with people and you know doing you know doing different things in trivia. And people were like, I can't believe you're not you don't have more followers. And I was like, I just started. You know, I don't you know I don't know how to get followers. And so. Yeah, that was one of those things. People ask me all the time. They're like, "How are you not partnered? Why are you not partnered?" And it's just one of those things where it's like, it'll you know it'll happen in time, hopefully. Right. right. And, uh, well, if you, you know. if you do Twitch to get partnered, that's the wrong mentality to do it, right? So right. if you're doing it because you like and you love doing it, right? Like I started streaming because I play video games from eleven to two o'clock in the morning every night, right? I'm gonna do it if I wasn't streaming or if I am streaming. So I figured, why not stream? And if something happens from it, something happens from it. But I'm going to stream. I'm going to play video games regardless, right? That's my that's my passion. So, describe describe your channel to the people that don't know you that are in the in the chat. 
Um, I mean, it's an it's an all ages chat, so you're never going to hear me being foul or lewd. I don't, you know, I don't swear on stream. Uh, it was it was kind of a good commitment early on with the daughter who's starting to repeat me now. Uh, it was a good commitment to to make, and so it's all you know, it's all ages, but it's highly interactive, with a big focus and thrust on discussing. So one of my mottos is. I play the new games and content so you don't have to. So I really want to encourage that's gamers. A good, that's a good with, tagline. Yeah. With my with my YouTube channel, you know, with my com blog, it's all the same thrust of as gamers, we need to be less tribalistic and more unified in that I think now with all the nonsense that's happened with pre-orders and just botched game launches, Twitch and YouTube. So many of them. Right. It was, especially this last year, was really bad. Twitch and YouTube basically give gamers no excuse. You have no excuse to buy a game that you're on the fence about. You're like, I don't know. It seems overhyped. I'm not sure. You have instant access to the game on launch date, and it costs you nothing. So right, right. that was my big thing. I remember watching a few YouTubers that really inspired me. I was, you know, I I saw that, you know, Gearbox was hiring. They're wanting to do Borderlands 3. It's one of my favorite franchises. So I just kind of started writing about video games. And then I watched a few YouTubers, and it was just... It was therapeutic to hear someone voice intelligently my frustrations with games, gaming in general, or a specific problem in a you know a game that I really hated. Um, and so that was just kind of the birth of Say No to Rage. And I had no idea that I was ever going to stream or anything like that. I just started writing blog posts and then turned some of them into YouTube videos. And then it just it just kind of snowballed. So so your name Say No to Rage. Where did you get that yeah. from? Like where did you? Well, did you I'm did, a, were you a rager? Are were you I'm, a rager? Yes, and still am. I have to, you know, I have to check myself and, and just stop on certain games when I know it's like, yeah, it's taking me there. I need to, you know, take a break and move on to something else. Big time, you know, rager from very, you know, from early ages. You know, games just. It's one of those things where if you watch a guy who really loves the sport that he plays, oh, he yeah. gets he gets more passionate. You know, when yeah. he loses, and I I think that games do that to people. You get emotionally invested in it, and it's important to you. And Call of Duty was my game of choice, which I think is one of the reasons why. I just developed some really bad habits in, you know, in games. And I remember playing with a group of my buddies. I'd been playing with these guys in Call of Duty for about eight years. And there was a guy in the in the party with us who was outdoing me in his frustrations and his vocals. You know, <laughs> and his it, it brought you back down to earth? You, you like, I saw was it? Like, I was like, that is so annoying to listen to. I right. can't believe my friends have put up with this. And it was, it, it was a transformational moment for me. I was like, I need to change the way I look at games. If you know, if you go fishing, it's to relax. You don't get angry or frustrated, right? Because like you're not catching a fish, right? Yeah, and break the pole. So, like, if, if games bitch. become that, if games become that, then it's time to either reassess why you're playing or play a different game. And so, I've I kind of reassessed why I play. So, like today, I was playing Black Ops Three. We got a good three. I was hours watching you for hit. a bit. Yeah, I was watching you for uh, a bit. It went, it went, it went sour, and I was like, "All right, let's go do something else." Instead of like, "No, I'm gonna beat my head against the wall." Now, so. here's a perfect example, right? Why I like Twitch. I hate Call of Duty, right? I stop, I stopped playing Call of Duty after Modern Warfare Two, right? You're okay. playing, you're playing, and I was like, "You know what? I'll check it out. I'll, 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 I'll check it out because I, I like your stream, right?" And you're playing it, and I'm going, "Man, I just, I just hate this game. I really do. I just, I, it's, it looks beautiful." I just hate where they've gone with it. I, I'm I'm right. a huge fan of like the World War Two ones, mm-hmm. and Modern Warfare One was a great game. Modern Warfare Two was a great game, and then uh, you actually said it today on your stream. Uh, you were winning and winning, and then the very f- the next game that I watched, you like lost big time, right? And you mm-hmm. said on the stream, you said 
uh, when we don't work as a team and we're not communicating, that's when it goes downhill. And that's what Call of Duty is to me, where Call of Duty is every man for themselves, right? And Battlefield, where it used to be, the Battlefield series was a cooperative team where you're working as one unit and moving across, you know, across the game. Where yeah. Call of Duty to me was just a bunch of noob tubing and going off your own kill death ratio. You know what I mean? It was just, and that's what turned me off of Call of Duty. Yeah, well, and unfortunately, they really incentivized that. I oh, mean, of course. Modern, War yeah. Modern Warfare 2 is wonderful, but Modern Warfare 2 is kind of the beginning of the end of Call of Duty's soul because they, they through their own stroke of genius and innovation, created this environment where all that matters was your kills. Because right. Because the kill streaks were they were so amazing in Modern Warfare 2. And that was the beginning of the end. And I mean, so ever since then, each game has just kind of become more and more watered down and you know too ex too, almost too ex too accessible and too frustrating i mean i said it i've, I've written my sort of thoughts on the beta it's going to go up tomorrow and what i said was this game is just so paper thin it's like this quick twitch arcade shooter it's there's nothing here there's no substance right but it's so freaking fun that like when you have those good games it's like oh man it's so good um, and I stopped playing because of the inconsistency, the connections and the lag compensation and just the artificially shrinking the skill gap nonsense that went on in Black Ops 2 and Advanced Warfare. This game doesn't seem to have that. So it looks like if you've got a team, there well, this is some fun. This is the beta, right? This is the beta, yeah. Yeah, that's why. There's no, there's no latency yet and stuff like that. Uh, that's a fear I mentioned in my post. My fear is that in-game lag and lag comp can be patched in at, you know, post-launch Obviously, if that happens, there will be riots, um, but, you know, we'll see. If that doesn't happen, I'm actually con predicting Black Ops 2 fanboys are going to really hate the game because they've gotten so no, accustomed. No, say it ain't so. Yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. If, they, if, that, if that's not there and they start getting slaughtered the way they did in all the other Call of Duties, like Modern Warfare 2 and 3... I think they're going to turn on the game because they're, they're so accustomed to having their handheld. Well, I don't think there's been a... Since the, the day of the internet like releases, like Grand Theft Auto, when it came out, everything's been a botched launch when it goes yeah. online. Everything. There hasn't been a smooth launch, uh, I would say, in at least two years. There's always been something wrong. Destiny had issues when it came out. Grand Theft Auto was, wor it was, it was terrible. It took me two weeks, two weeks to get in just to play with my friends on the uh, the online section. So, I mean, the first-person shooter games hopefully are not as as bogged down. I mean, yeah. Grand Theft Auto is putting up some numbers there with millions and millions of people. I don't think uh, Black Ops 3 is going to be bringing in millions of people all at the same time because there's just too many games out there right now to, to play. I, my prediction it's gonna I, I've predicted that it's going to be the best selling, I think, because there's so the, a lot of the Black Ops 2 dudes never transcended into the other into the other games they stayed in black ops 2 um and so i think those guys are going to flood it it's also the first official next gen call of duty it also has zombies i think it's like it's just going to be full court press everybody's going to buy i <laughs> gotta I have zombies wrong. gotta have zombies. i could be wrong but i think there's there's a massive massive amount of people that are going to buy this in, compa in compared to advanced warfare um and ghosts because those were now whew, did activision bad. make black ops 3 or is it um What's the other company that makes the every other year Call of Duty games? Well, Activision's the publisher, and so it it, it bounced between Infinity Ward and Treyarch. Thank you, thank you. Infinity and Ward. so okay. this one's Tra Black Ops is Treyarch, and Infinity Ward was all the modern ones. So everybody's crossing their fingers 
you know, for another modern whatever next time. And I think a lot of us, like you, you had said, the world at war, the World War era, would be great to return I, to. I us. wish they, I wish they would go back to the to the old school Call of Duty. I mean, to me, it was. I mean, okay, I've I've put in about eight hundred and fifty hours of Destiny, and I still have more hours in the Call of Duty Call of Duty Two series uh back on the original like xbox i mean i must have put in way over a thousand hours i was on that thing 12 hours a day yeah seven days a week it was it was ridiculous yeah i, re I really hope they uh well good luck to them good luck uh <laughs> I'll, I'll watch you i'll watch you play we'll it see. you know yeah, but, you'll watch me play it and but i'm not gonna play it because i and stop yeah I'm, I'm still waiting for uh for the battlefield series to come out with uh bad company three i was a big bad company uh fan but the next game I'm, I'm looking forward to is the star wars battlefront that's that's the game i'm i'm looking forward to the most all right so another question for you uh when you came across um when you came across twitch what was the first when was the first time when did you launch your your twitch uh channel it was like it was like end of march early april so i'm coming up on five months now of like streaming when i started streaming seriously like i didn't really know what it was before that Okay, you're so you're, you're around when I started. I started, I think, at the end of February, beginning of March, um, like loosely, like I did it like two days a week, and then I started um, doing it six days a week, you know, every night, um, and that's when I saw the numbers starting to to come in and stuff like that. So, all right, um, when you were watching Twitch, when you first saw Twitch, and you're like, "What the hell is this? Why would I? Why would I watch someone play video games?" Right. What right. was the, what was that moment that said, you know, this guy can do it. I want to do it. Who made you want to stream? Yeah, it's it's real interesting because it's like I say no to rage dot com was up and running. I started my YouTube. My first YouTube video went up in like February. So I had been doing that for about a month and a half. And a friend of mine was like, you need to be you need to be doing Twitch streaming. And I was like, you know, what 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 do you mean Twitch streaming? Like I, I knew what Twitch was. I knew there was this app on my Xbox. Right. And I could make it to where my friends could watch me play a game. And that's all I thought it was for. I thought it was just like this fun thing that I would, you know, I would play games. They would come in and make fun of me because I was, I, it's in, I'm in my, where I live with my wife, I'm in the basement and it's like really cold. So I would wear this big sweater and they called it like my old man sweater. And so I did not know that like anybody could just decide, I'm just going to start streaming right. and, and, and try and get a following. I thought like the real big guys that I knew made money. I thought Twitch just kind of invited them like, hey, you know. Hey, yeah, you want to come along and yeah. 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 King, you know, King Gathali and you've got a huge YouTube channel. We want you to be a Twitch partner. Right. And so my friend was like, no. He was like, if you're going to do YouTube, you need to be doing Twitch because he's like, you'd, be, you'd probably be pretty good at it. He's like, and you can make money. And I was like, what are you talking about? So – I just started doing it. I saw I, I did like a week of Ori in the Blind Forest and you know was in like the the teens, the low the like the low teens. That probably wasn't a hugely streamed game. But but super surprised that you had in the teens watching you, right? Right. I didn't understand what was going on. Like people were coming in and talking to me and we were just having a good time. Mostly it was people like how is it? Do you like the game? And I was like this is kind of cool. Like I can give live feedback to people and they can go buy it or not buy it accordingly. Right. And then right around the corner was the Handsome Collection, and Borderlands is my favorite franchise. And I was like, I'm going to get that and play the heck out of that. I was like, people will probably like coming in and asking me about Borderlands. I know a lot about it. I know a lot about the story, et cetera. And so I got that, and 
there was a surge of interest in the Handsome Collection because they increased the resolution and the frame rate uh, for Borderlands on the next gen. So everybody comes in and wants to know, you know, how is it playing? Is it better? You know, there there right. have all these questions about it. But then I think a lot of them just stayed because, like, I was we were having this great interaction. Who's your favorite character? Why? You know, I was playing the pre sequel, and that's not really popular. So people right. were asking. A lot of people didn't like the pre sequel. Yeah. Yeah, I I like it in in. Like I like about eighty percent of it, but the the twenty percent that I don't like is kind of a an anchor to the to the game. Do you like it so, because you're such a diehard Borderlands fan and you're giving it that eighty percent, or are you giving it? You know what I mean? Is it truly eighty percent of the game is good? Because I hear terrible I, things. Well, it's hard because I don't think you can judge a game like that outside of its franchise. You have to judge it within it, and I think once you do that, it's really difficult to not judge it as a fan. So it's it's kind of like. Uh, Return of the Jedi is a bad example, but it's kind of like there's really corny things in Return of the Jedi. Ewoks, but you, right. but you, yeah, Ewoks. <laughs> but you can't, you can't judge Return of the Jedi right. all by itself. Right, you kind of right. have to take it with the with all with the three series movies. with the series, yeah. And then you're doing that as a fan, and so with the pre sequel, the story is great. Uh, the characters are very very fun, um, and they've got great skill trees. There's just like pacing issues. It's kind of slow. Um, there aren't, there's not that vibrancy of enemies and environments like you have in Borderlands 2. They, the bosses weren't farmable until they patched it. Um, and so those things kind of weigh it down, but there's just so much good there. In a way, that kind of hurts a game when there's so much good and then there is some bad. The bad's right. almost magnified because it's just, it's doubly frustrating. It's like, oh, you guys messed up something that could have been so much better. So oh, we'll get to but, that. We'll get to that later with Destiny. Let me tell yeah. you. Um, but that was that was the beginning of the of the, of the stream, and I didn't realize why I was getting such good viewership. I was streaming so early in the day. Admiral Baru and R. Leeson and Smikers and some of these other big Borderlands streamers, they're all sleeping. And so I'm the only dude on streaming Borderlands and being like real, you know, talkative. And I was doing like a giveaway, um, I think like a giveaway every fi- every 50 followers back then instead of wow. like 100 now. Wow. And I was hitting milestones like every day. And I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I think I need to do this. I think something's happening here. And um, I've averaged over a thousand followers a month now. And nice. so. So you hit a thousand, um, you hit your first thousand your very first month. Yes. That's awesome. I've yeah. been streaming for six months and I'm at like 278, 300, or 280. And it, it, it fluctuates because some people yeah. come in and then some people leave. And then some people come in and some people leave. But I really don't care. It's like the viewer ship you know what i'm saying i'm still gonna do my thing and it's just just i love it i love twitch i love i love twitch i think it's just a great i love talking to the chat i love talking to other other streamers i like getting into people's chat rooms and uh you know just mm-hmm. i just love talking to people and then and it's not it's not like a, a poison like youtube comments are you know what i mean it's like a completely different different beast over here uh yeah and it you, has its it has its own underbelly of, of yeah build. no you get you get it's the you get the trolls to, it's easier to manage yeah you get it's the trolls that come in but when the trolls come in your chat the, the the loyal people that are in your chat every day pretty much filter that guy out uh, mm-hmm. or girl out by themselves you know what I mean so it, that's yeah. that's why I like I like the community here on, on Twitch um, Gathalian started on Borderlands he played yes. the crap out of Borderlands um, mm-hmm. I wish Sarge was here because you and him he I played Borderlands but he played it for like two and a half years straight like he knows everything back and front uh you guys would just i would just sit back here and you guys would just i would be a third wheel in this conversation that around the borderlands yeah series. yeah seriously um all right so the next question that i have for you is um 
so what is are actually when did you start gaming? Are you an early gamer in life? Are you in your you're in your thirties, right? You're in your, your yeah, 30s? I'm thirty three. Okay, yeah. I'm thirty seven. Um, I started real young. So were you a young gamer, or did you end up gaming later in life? I was a very young gamer. Uh, my dad had a ColecoVision, nice. which nice. Um, was like the better version of an Atari. The games were better. The controllers were cooler. There was more to, more buttons and stuff. And so he used to take us once a week. There was me and my three, my my older brother and my younger brother. Once a week, he would take us to the arcade. We would like take turns. So when it was your week to go with dad on Saturday, Funway Freeway was the name of the place. Um, and there were, you know, it was an, it was an arcade and right. those don't really, they don't exist all that much anymore, but you know, there was ski ball. There was, my dad was really good at punch out the one with like the green outline of the guy and you can see through him yep. and we would love watching our dad play punch out. And it was like this, it was almost this otherworldly thing of like, my dad is so good at this. Like he played this game and got really good. And then he was, and then he got out the Coleco and kind of introduced us to the Coleco, uh, and playing, you know, and playing river raid and pitfall and mousetrap um and then we got a regular nintendo and from that point on your life changed like this is (laughs) this is the greatest thing you can do with your time like we still went outside and played a lot like my i have more memories actually of playing outside i know i know what you mean i know what you mean yeah i know exactly what you mean they weren't the kind of games you you would sit down, especially regular Nintendo. You wouldn't put in like a five hour sit down with a, with the regular Nintendo. Um, they were too frustrating for that. They'd kind of turn you off a, after a while. Yep. And then you know Super Nintendo, Nintendo sixty four, GameCube, and then when I got on PC, that was kind of when I took it more serious. I started playing. Um, like there was Wolfenstein three D, and that was when I was like, okay, I want to play. This is the this is the kind of game I like with shooters. Got big into Quake Two, and then really big into Quake Three, Rocket Arena. I was in a clan. I was like, "This is so, this is great." I would go to LAN parties, Unreal Tournament. I mean, it's just it's been ever since. I've never there's never been a time in my life where I have not played games that I can remember. I mean, except when I was like real, real young and have no memories. I, I started playing when I was three years old. Um, we had the Odyssey. Uh, I have a, my brother is four years older than me, so my dad was a gamer, right? They, my mom was a gamer. They used to always play the games all the time, and then they put the controller in my hand. It was simple controller. It was just a little scroll wheel, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what it, that's what it was. And then we moved over to the Atari twenty six hundred and started playing. Uh, you know, we also had the ColecoVision. Uh, we, I've have, I still have. We still have every single gaming system we've ever had, and they still work. We could like open up a museum, okay? Yeah. We have every single game that we've ever owned, every cartridge, every Atari game. I I love it. I, I don't know why. What sticks in my head when I was a kid is uh, the little bowling game that was on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, mm-hmm. um, the uh, Pitfall and Keystone Capers. I don't know if you ever played Keystone Capers. Mm-mm. You were a cop, and there was a robber, and the robber would steal out of the mall, and you had to run. It was like a full speed game, and you had to run through each level of the of the of the mall okay before the mm-hmm. robber got to the helicopter on top of the roof and it was the, it was so 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 addictive and so fun and then while you're running through the mall there's like an old lady with a shopping cart you have to dodge her and then there's like different different things that you had to dodge or duck under and stuff you gotta look it up it's a pretty pretty fun game so that's cool so you're a young gamer i know yeah. a lot of a lot of a lot of people picked it up uh a lot of people didn't have games. They couldn't afford the gaming systems when they were younger, right? So they were later later gamers in life and picked it up around, I would say, like N64 mm-hmm. genre when they were like high school-ish or going yeah. to college. So land parties. What what kind of land parties did you used to do? Did you uh, 
like the Halo stuff, or are you talking about like even earlier games? This is like before there was a thing, like the before consoles like even offered the ability so to you, do that. Okay, so you just brought you just brought your Nintendo over and did a LAN party, but they weren't attached online or uh, connected. You would just play the same game in the same room and compete. No, I mean like taking my entire computer over and like yeah, yeah. we had ten computers. And we would play uh, Quake. We would play Quake Three. Okay, Rocket on the local, on the local. Gotcha. I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah, like a local area. I actually went to a really, really big one up in Dearborn, Michigan. Um, like 150 people there. All these different clans showed up to play Quake Three Rocket Arena, um, and we would do Unreal Tournament as well. Um, which is why you know whenever we saw people, you know, people used to make fun of us, and then they started doing it with Halo, and we're like, oh, now it's right. cool. Right now, now it's cool. cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. All right, so what's your favorite game of all time? Across all platforms, doesn't matter. I know there's yeah, a bunch of them out there. I usually like to break this question into old school, new school, but if, you, if, if you're not going to let me do that, then I usually all right, no, do. I'll, I'll let you do that. I'll let you do okay. old school and new school. Well, even then it's tough. No, you usually, can't do that. No, you, yeah. cannot, you cannot do that. Yeah. Usually what I say is if it's old school, then like if you're going to go like really, really old school, we're going to have to go with. So before with... 2000. And yeah, then after 2000. Like A Link to the Past or Super Metroid, like almost interchangeably. Those two are so okay. – they're iconic. They were groundbreaking. That you can the, the music, you still – like as soon as you see it, like the rain coming down in Zelda. Yeah, mine's Zelda. The music, yeah. Oh, the music and the rain in the beginning of Metroid. Like those are, those are impactful on you. You're just like, what is this? This is – you know, there's this journey I'm going to take. Um, and once we leave old school behind, I probably, I always, I take Borderlands one and two together as a unit and say that that is my favorite, my favorite game, my favorite franchise. I can't pick between the two of them. It's like, it's like picking a favorite kid. You just can't. It's just there. (laughs) There's things about them that you love and, and can't say one's better than the other. I leave the pre-sequel out. I don't leave. It's not in there. There's too much. There's too many kind of black eyes on that game. That game's still good. And I love the the whole narrative of Borderlands that that adds to. Uh, but that's typically where I land on the, what's your, you know, what's your favorite game. All right. So if, if someone gave you a million dollars and you had Borderlands one and two in front of you and they gave you a sledgehammer. Okay. And you had to pick one, which one would you pick? <laughs> well, you know that, well, if you're going to get that way, I mean, we're talking about video games. I'd have to leave Borderlands one intact. Cause that's the one that's okay. So then that's, that's the one you like then. Right. So, <laughs> That's right. how, that's how you pick your favorite kid, right? <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's terrible, but it's 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 true, right? So, all right, my mine mine is is Zelda is my favorite game, and then I have to go. This is a tough one for the new for the new consoles or new generation. I never played Mass Effect One, right? And then I played Mass Effect Two, and. I just fell in love with that game, the story and everything, and I was literally attached when I made a choice, and I didn't save it and then made the right, wrong choice and then, you know, reload it again. I played the game as is, and I was emotional. I was like, oh, man, I don't want to be with that person. And I, right. to me, it, it was the it, the pinnacle of, of gaming, like the story, the gameplay, the mechanics, everything just fell into place uh, personally for me. Uh, for Mass Effect 2. I, I absolutely love Mass Effect 2. All right. So the question that everyone, all, all people that watch streams, you always get at least one person that comes in the chat and says, uh, how do I get to... Hey, streamer, how do... I, what, what's the advice you would give me to, to stream? I want to start streaming. What's, what's, what's the advice you would give me? 
Yeah, you know, I, that that comes that came up so often early on because um, people were like, "You've only been streaming for two months! Oh my gosh!" Like that was a regular question because people would come in and be like, "I don't understand." You know, how long have you been streaming? You know, because like I they a lot of people thought I had I had a, a come from another stream or another YouTube. They would just come in and say. They would. They thought that I was like. They're like, "Are you a professional streamer?" And I'm like, "No. Like, I'm just having fun." And so that was the next question. Then was, "Well, how do I? How do I get good at streaming? How do I get good? At, you know, get a following?" I actually made a video because it was like it was just easier to be like, "Here, go watch this video." I don't want to keep giving the same speech, you know. Right. To but, my, but you my still viewers. do. But you still do. I still do because <laughs> then I feel bad. I'm like, "All right, hang on. Let me just tell you what you know right. what I'm gonna say." Um, I mean, the foundational thing that I tell people in this, I think a lot of times ends up being frustrating for them, but I feel like it's going to save them more elusive frustration is that you've got to be able to stream regularly, um, as, as in keep a schedule. I don't mean like regularly, like, oh, I just, you know, I stream whenever I feel like it, have an actual, um, schedule and, you've got to be able to stream for long periods of time. And I know that's hard. Like I know that ends up being kind of frustrating for some people because they feel like I don't have time. Three Getting beyond three hours is when I, I, I feel like you're, you're kind of starting to get some of that momentum, especially if you're in a good spot, like a sweet spot in a game or you've got a game where people are starting to kind of enjoy watching you. That's like step one because if you can't do that, then the rest of my advice is kind of meaningless because you could apply the rest of my advice – and stream right. for short periods of time randomly, and it just isn't going to work. Or once a week, or something like that. Because um, you kind of what I tell people is, you kind of have to go in with your eyes wide open. You are stepping into a very populated pool of people, uh, some of which are extremely good and big and have a huge draw. And around them are a hundred other people that have a pretty you know pretty good following, and right. then around them is just everybody else. And so. You're going to have a hard time standing out if you don't have some type of consistency, you know, to have that regular, oh, this guy's on all the time. They may not, the, the other thing with consistency is they may not ever watch you, but they may see, I see this guy every day every playing day. this game. Give him a shot. Let, let me go check him out now. Because right. it's just people are popping up left and right streaming. Beyond that, I tell people, and this is where it gets hard because I think some people want to, they want a silver bullet and there is no silver bullet. I tell people that you need to have like a POV, a point of view, an identity, and a purpose. Those three things are kind of different, but they're kind of similar. Your POV is really who you are. Like, what's your outlook on games? What do you like? What do you dislike? And the reason you want to kind of start there is you don't want to be fake. You're, you will wear yourself out. People right. will see through it. There's some big streamers that are kind of caricatures of themselves. I know they attract younger viewers, but in general, I think you're going to have a much better time as if you're just yourself. Um, I even read that there was an there was an article about streaming, and they talked about that. The one guy says, like, when he's done streaming, the person interviewing the guy like takes a deep breath, like, "Whew, I'm glad that's over," because he's literally putting on a show. Right? He's, he's like, be- he's an actor. He's, he's becoming someone else. Right. That's fine. I don't want to disparage that. I think there's a place for characters and 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 comedic personalities. I think PewDiePie kind of falls in that. Right. A little a little easier for him because he's making videos and not sitting there streaming for you know six or seven hours. Um, so you want that POV. That POV I think is going to lead into your identity and purpose. Like who are you? Why are you streaming? Why should people? The, the question you're answering is why should people watch you? Like what's what are they going to get? Are they going to get entertainment? Are you going to be making jokes? The whole time that'd be kind of hard are you going to do you know achievement hunting are you going to be like me where it's a discussion it's commentary it's kind of like 
a constant podcast radio show where we're just talking games while I play. Um, and you want that to flow out of your POV, who you are as a gamer, because then you're going to find it very easy to do that. So if you're giving tips on a sports game that you're really good at or you're doing what I do where it's just constant discussion, it's got to be something you can just naturally fall into and do or you're going to bumble and fumble and get frustrated. Absolutely. Um, and so that's because people are always like, be genuine. That's me fleshing out be genuine. Like have those things in place sort of tethered to who you are so that when somebody tunes in and starts watching you and interacting with you, they feel like they have this connection. They're like, man, this guy, I, I like talking with him or I like interacting with this this girl. Like this is really great. Um, and so when you get beyond POV and purpose and identity, I tell people – this is the disclaimer part of my tips is do not search for a silver bullet game. There is no silver bullet game. Right. What game should I play? You know, I tell people don't play a game that's like eight years old that nobody's watching. Right. You might have two people why. and you're not right. going to enjoy playing it. Right. So. Right. Well, and if it's like your favorite game but nobody's watching it, just do the math. Like you've got to be strategic. You have to be strategic. Like it's, it's a combination of strategic and passion. Like what games do you love to play? And then go look and see who's actually watching those games. Because when I played Dishonored the other day, nobody was watching it. So my 5,000 followers and right. my regulars, none of that mattered because they all came in and we had a great time. But then nobody else is coming in because it's not a popular game. Nobody's watching it. Right. Gears of War. Gears of War. On the other hand, I get into the 40s and 50s. I've got that nice rotating door of new viewers. So there is no silver bullet game. But don't don't be stupid. Like don't pick a don't pick a game nobody's watching. Um, yeah, and then once you get beyond that, you know, pick a game you know people are going to watch and that you're going to enjoy. Uh, be yourself and be incredibly patient. It's so hard to hear that when you hear about like guys like me that got, I got lucky. It, it has very little to do with me. There was a lot of other circumstances that sort of descended on my timing when I started well, streaming. I would say, I wouldn't say that because you can gab, right? You can talk, right? And right. that's, that's the gift right there. If you're a Twitch, if you're a Twitch streamer, thank you very much for the follow guys. Um, if, 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 if you're a Twitch streamer and you can constantly talk, Okay. See, I'm learning that myself, right? I like talking when there's people in the room. When there's nobody in the room, it's really hard for me to talk to myself. I'm getting better at it because I have a one-year-old, right? And I talk to him all the time and he doesn't really respond back to me. So it's like talking to myself. Um, I'm getting better at it myself. But you you have the gift of gabbing, okay? And because there's no silence on your on your stream, when someone comes in, they feel like there's something going on. They feel like there's they they are automatically pulled into your channel because you're interacting or you're uh, dropping a knowledge bomb on someone about a game or something's mm -hmm. going on. And that's why I like your your channel. Like you're very entertaining. Same with Gathalion, right? He's constantly, but he's he's mega popular now. So now his conversation is completely different than what you're talking about, right? So. Right. Because he's in a different echelon now on Twitch, but what you're doing, you're doing it right, man. If you if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll be there anytime, right? And yeah, I, I believe in you. I well, I appreciate that, and I think that I that's just what, uh, that you made a good point. Like m my ability to gab means nothing without people to talk to. Right. So that's I think that's why I'm able to kind of be like 
I'm, it's not a fake humility. Like I genuinely am like, I could, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for the people coming in and talking. Like I'd be sitting here because when the chat is dead, I feel it. I'm like, Oh, it's so dry right now. I'm oh, not yeah. saying anything. It's like a craps table driving, drying up. Yeah. I don't like that. I'm like, come on, let's talk about something. So, and that's why, you know, streaming call of duty is kind of a weird thing for me. Cause I'm not talking to people and I, that's that I got to look at the chat. Oh, I died. Like I, it's, you know, there's that right. difference of playing a really high intense PVP game. So if, I think if people though, kind of remember that like that's kind of my last piece of advice after the disclaimer is be patient you're going to get haters clickbaiters you trolls mistreatment you're going to stream for nobody right have the, you know have the stream pulled up so you can see when you get viewer spikes and greet every stinking person that comes in i don't care if you think you're going to wear your viewers out do it because when those people come in you got a small window before they're like eh, not for me and then they leave and if people are going to be turned off by you welcoming people and kind of doing a station identification, hey, I'm Steve, this is Gaming with Steve, this is what I like to do. If people don't like that and they leave, good. You don't, like, you don't want them, not right, you don't want them. Anyway. That, that's not the people you want to watch your channel anyway. Yeah, if yeah. you're so tense about losing viewership, oh no, if I, if I do this too much or don't do this enough, I'm going to lose people, I'm going to lose people. You're, you're just, you're straining at a gnat, like trying to get people <laughs> right. to stay. Just right. do it your way, just do it your way. That's good advice, man. All right, and now I have a personal question, right? Because you're a father, you have a daughter, right? You said publicly you have a daughter and you have a son on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a son. Um, this last year, it's been a been a ride, right? So I started streaming six months ago. You started streaming five months ago. I don't know how you do it, man. You have a second kid on the way. Mm-hmm. How are you going to have time to? Are you still going to be putting the, the that that time frame in from seven o'clock in the morning, or are we going to see? Are we going to see you wearing sunglasses on stream? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there'll obviously be a couple, you know, a couple of days or a week where I'll be, I'll be MIA, like, you know, the the little boy will be born and, you know, we'll be at the hospital and all that. But to a certain extent, I mean, if I had a full-time job where I was out of the house eight, eight or nine hours a day, you get to that point where it's like, I got to go back to work, babe. Like, and that's kind of how I'm treating it. I, that's, I treat it so seriously, and I think that's something people like is that I'm not just like yucking it up, having a good time, and playing video games like you know, give me money. But it's like I'm you know I'm working very hard right. to put something out there that I think is is important for the gaming industry and important for the people that have shown me um, their support and their follows and they enjoy my channel. But also just I think I'm being realistic too. It's like if this is going to work and become something that provides for my family. There's no cruise control. There's right. no like oh, I'm just gonna coast. It's it's just continue to push hard and continue to put the work in. It'll take different shapes, I'm sure. Um, like you know, w- once once my son is born, but eventually, just like I would if I worked a regular job, we'll just have to find that rhythm of where I'm not I'm not around for so many hours of the day. You know, certain things may take a backseat, you know, YouTube or oh, blogging. Right, right. Um, but streaming is easy. Like, writing a daily blog post is hard. You know, making videos is hard. Streaming is easy. I sit down. I, I get to, you know, I get to play games that I love and talk to people that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm starting to consider some of these people friends. So it's like I just get to hang out with these people right, for six right. hours. So I, I think it'll it'll keep going. I mean, it's one of those things where everybody's everybody's situation is so unique. I, I think a lot of times people are going to look at my growth and my production level, like how much stuff I'm putting out there and how often I'm streaming, and they're going to think, oh, if only I could do that. And it's just like, well, just just work in the context you're in. And have satisfaction in that. Like I'm doing as much as I can, the best that I can, where I'm at. Because you're, if you're trying to do 
a level 10, like if I'm at, like if I'm at a level 10 of, of commitment and wearing, wearing myself out, I'm getting kind of, you know, tired five and a half hours of sleep a night is a, is a small amount. I do it every day. Um, <laughs> But if you can't hit that level 10, don't expect level 10 results. Right. Like, find where you're at and just give it your all and enjoy it and uh, take what comes and not, you know, don't set your sights. Like you said, I think before we were even streaming, don't be like, I'm going to stream for a partnership. Right. It's a, it's a goal I have, but it's not, I might like sitting down like every day, like, oh, I've, I've, oh, I got to get partnered. Right. Because right. you'll just make yourself crazy. You cra- make yourself crazy. Absolutely. And it's nice, though, that like my wife's very supportive and I'm. Your wife seems like she's very supportive and believes in you, and that that right there is is worth it all. You know what I mean? If, when you have that, when you have that love and and uh, approval from from your loved ones, it makes it even more you know. Worth well, it. and it helped. It helped that uh, her sister, my sister in law, um, is in circles down in Florida and knows of knows of King Gathalian, and so I think once she saw him on Facebook talking about what he does. And ah. and, the, and how he provides for his family, I think that legitimized it a little bit. Like, okay, this isn't just m- like my husband blowing smoke about how he's going to make money playing video games. Like, right. I genuinely was like, this is the path for me. There's no career path. Like, I don't, I don't have. A, I'm not at some business where I can like climb the echelons. Right. Like, this is something I can do long term. I'm something. It's something that uh, it's just it just comes natural to me. And so I think that legitimized a little bit. And she streamed a few times with me. That's cool. We had the, we had the Madam Crumpet streams. That's her. That's her gamer tag. And so I think she kind of saw like, okay, wow, this is something that is is growing and becoming something. Uh, and I'm not just making. And I think she also sees the work I put in, how tired I get, you know, how committed I am to it. And I think she sees I'm not just coming up with an excuse to play video games. Right. Because right. I would probably play less and probably it's weird to say this, but enjoy it differently. Like playing, I don't get to play with my friends anymore on Xbox. Live. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. And so I think she sees that like, Oh, he, there's sacrifice. something sacrificing something here. So this isn't just him like making something up. Yeah. I'm still trying to get used to it myself. Like some nights I'll, I'll, I'll be streaming and my friends want to play and I'm like, no nah, man, I'm, I'm streaming this game right now. You know what I mean? And, and I'm putting them on the back seat, but you know, it is what it is. It, you know, you, right. you got to change, change it up. So that's awesome though. Um, what part of uh, what part of Florida does your sister in law live in? Tampa. Okay, because I live in Orlando. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, I was gonna go to that meetup they had over there for for Destiny Con, the patent pending, um, but uh, I couldn't make it because you know the, the the kids around. So I'm thinking about going right. next year. I, I like to get in contact with them and stuff like that. And actually, I'm trying to get Broman stuff to come on the show and stuff like that as well. That'd be that'd be whew, that'd be big. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, um, all right. So let's get into the story. I really appreciate the uh, the interview part. Uh, mm-hmm. Those of you guys in the chat that don't know, uh, say no to rage. This is Lono got a gun. Uh, he streams every morning from seven a.m. to one. Is that correct? Yeah, around one is when I shut down. Yeah. So check him out. Give him a follow. Um, he's a great, great streamer. And uh, so let's get into the, the news stories. All right. So the first story that we have, um, YouTube Gaming just started yesterday. Okay. And there's already horror stories coming in. Okay. Horror stories. So the, the first story says that the contact ID or the copyright games, okay, um, is scaring off streamers because they're streaming and they can't do what they do on Twitch, right? We can't, you can't stream music or anything like that because as soon as the YouTube ID catches something, it goes uh, red flag. 
and it just warns them. And if they don't do anything about it, it just cuts off their stream. Okay. So can you imagine like Gathalion has 9,000 people watching him and the thong song comes on for the 19th time and boom, he gets shut down. That's, that's brutal. That would, that would kill a streamer, right? So YouTube has got stuff going against them right now as far as um, they're trying to compete with Twitch. They got better video compression, right? They got 9,000 uh, bit rate. They got 1080p at 60 frames per second, uh, which Twitch is not going to have for a bit, but they are going to compete with them. But at the same time, their own content ID is destroying their their gaming uh, community. So what are, what's your thoughts? It's surprising because of the lack of foresight. Like, I'm, I'm curious. It's like, did they not watch any big Twitch streamers? I mean, they had music playing. A lot of them do song requests. A lot. It's, it's almost like just like radio constantly on with music playing. And to me, the question is, if you want anybody to come over and consider using your service, you can't – you can't say, well, if you're going to come over and stream with us, then you need to strip away a lot of the standards that some people – people come into my stream all the time and they're like, why is there no music playing? Can we do song requests? And I'm like, no. That's becoming like yeah. an assumed thing. So right away, you're telling people they need to turn that feature off you know, because if they can't do that. And secondly, it's like apparently it's so sensitive. You told me there was somebody with Baywatch playing in the background. Yeah, yeah. Baywatch was playing in the background and it got shut down because it picked it up. It just seems strange to me. It's almost like I think some of these – like Twitch has its own issues and things they need to work out and they're just – with not really empowering streamers to protect themselves from malicious attacks and view bots and follow bots, et cetera, things I've had to tango with. But then YouTube's kind of the same way. It's almost like they're too big for their own britches. It's like they come up with these ideas but then implementation is just lacking basic – uh, like basic foresight and basic features like right. turn off your content copyright claims for somebody <laughs> who's live streaming right. and might have a song play or like what happened to me. I don't ever play music because I don't like past broadcasts getting muted, which people want me to play music once I get the new PC and we'll figure that out. But there were mu- there were songs in Tales from the Borderlands. And there were songs oh. from some of the trailers I showed during E3, and those songs got flagged by Twitch. Oh, yeah, so you can't stream. If you're on YouTube, there's no way you can stream Grand Theft Auto. No yeah, way. Grand Theft Auto. Tales from the Borderlands, you yep. get shut down. There are literally, like, almost complete songs in their intros. Borderlands themselves in Borderlands 2 and 1, 2 and 1 have intros for their opening songs. So it's just – to me, it's a lack of foresight. You know they're probably going to fix it. They're going to have to, or no, or they're going to not – nobody's going to want to touch it. Right. Now another another situation they have is that you know there's no way that because in the terms of agreement here if you're a partner with Twitch you can't stream on on YouTube right you can you can upload your videos and stuff uh, afterwards to there and it's sort of like your video library like the vods on Twitch but they can't stream on there so I'm wondering what what YouTube's gonna do to entice people uh, mm. to come over I mean yeah there's YouTubers that do let's plays. But those are pre-recorded, right? Now they got to do it live. Um, So that's a completely different beast, right? Because a lot of people are not camera ready, I should say, um, is because they can talk and make a script and do a let's play and record. And if they messed up something, they can cut it out and then put something in to make it interesting. But when they're when they're playing live, right, there's going to be dead air. They're they're, they're not going to know what to do. You You know what I'm saying? So I want to know what YouTube – they're actually – the incentive is for YouTube gaming. Uh, they pay $2.75 for each subscription to the two fifty dollars for Twitch, which 
it's like an eight percent or like difference or like it's ridiculous. But that's that's the incentive to come over. Twenty five cents. <laughs> I don't. I just don't see it. What I see is probably going to happen is this: there could be people that are in my situation where there's consistent growth and they're wanting partnership, but it hasn't happened yet. There's a lot of people who... So the grass is greener on the other side. Perhaps. I think people pull the trigger too soon. They start to have growth, and they're like, oh, and they apply for partnership, and then they get super discouraged, and it, it affects the stream. Like, they get kind of negative, right. and, uh, and then it's it's all that seems to matter to them, and that can be very bad. And I think what they may see is, I think people look at the big streamers the wrong way. they like, oh, they take all the viewership. It's not fair. It's like you get, you're looking at this the whole wrong way, brother. Like they're the reason you can do what you're doing right. and potentially, you know, growing into another streamer um, and growing into a streamer, I mean. And then, so I think what some of these people might think, though, is there's not as much competition over there. I don't got to compete with Broman and Gathalian and Lyric, right. these guys that just pull in insane numbers. Um, but the danger, I think, of, of thinking that would be is you could really rob yourself of momentum you have on Twitch and big guys over there like that don't really do it like Markiplier he doesn't really twitch stream and he's got a he just hit 9 million wow. 9 million subs on YouTube wow that's easy money i mean cuz your subs i mean you're going to have instant instantly insane viewership um and then the, that's just a great source of donation i could see guys like Markiplier maybe not ever twitch streaming ever again shutting down their twitch account and using that when they really want to do those big donation um for charity charities things. yeah so we That's might see point. some we, we might start seeing special events like that to really lure in guys like him and Pootie Pie that love it. I could really see them really trying to sweeten the deal and get Pootie Pie to do it because he'd be the one that would break the internet when he streams. So I'm not to put you on the spot, but like your channel's growing, right? So mm-hmm. would you think about switching over? I, I I talked about my chat yesterday on stream. I was like, hey, uh, G- YouTube Gaming just came out. I was like, you guys think I should? move over there because I really don't have a big following yet over here right so but there's no emotes there's no there's there's a lot of things missing from the gaming over there mm-hmm. um and I think I think YouTube is just tainted as far as the comments and stuff the the twitch I, I went over there yesterday and just looked at some of the chat when people were playing it's still toxic it's just it's a toxic mm-hmm. chat so would you would you be considered if you didn't get partnership would you jump ship and grass is greener on the other side I don't think I would because there's a man there's a lot of reasons I wouldn't do it. The big reasons would be I mean I've got, you know, I've 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 passed 5000 followers and I would think almost all of them have come to love the culture and the feel oh, and the identity of Twitch. Right. And they also like that they can hop into other streams. We I raid somebody every day. Like there's just this whole zetgeist that you're going to lose and you're going to go over there it's going to be like I don't know if I like this. This is different. And I think like you're saying with the comments, I remember during the E3 coverage and I would there would be a live event. I'd have to preemptively go over and minimize the chat. It right. was unbelievable. It scares me that that many people exist. Like I'm not talking about on the internet. I mean in real life. These right. people are next to right. you in the grocery store like insanity. They wouldn't say it to um, your face, but they'll say it on a keyboard. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. None of these people. I always tell people when they come in and talk like that, I'm like, go try that out at your local bar and see how many teeth you end up with. Right. Like, it's just cowardly. I mean, but it is. It is just it empowers people to act that way. And YouTube is just, man, it's toxic. I mean, that's, it's toxic. that's where it is. And it's, and if, unless they really empower you as the streamer to manage it, 
um, and get in front of it. I can see a lot of people being scared and be like, I don't know, it gets really hateful over there. Um, and then you lose momentum. Now, somebody in your in your situation where you probably would get a lot of the people to come over with you, it's not you're not playing a game, right. so that doesn't have that. I think you're drawing perhaps a different audience. It might work. I still think Twitch is what people think of, whether it's a gaming talk show or watching games. It's synonymous now. Right. I mean, they did an excellent job. It's owned by Amazon. I, I don't see them faltering in any way i actually think amazon's going to be better uh with innovation yeah down than, down the road i uh, see I'm, I'm i'm a loyalty i'm a loyal person right twitch has done nothing for me yet besides giving me the platform to do the show and to also do my stream um i was thinking about taking the show and just because we get good views over on on youtube with the show um mm -hmm. we get good 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 drive over there um but I'm a loyalty person. Twitch has done nothing for me, but I feel like this is a good company. I feel I, I feel the people that work there are good. I feel the community is good. I just I just like this. I I bleed purple. Okay. I mean I I, I do. Um, I wish I was going to TwitchCon. I wish I was part of the the thing. One of my, one of the big people I like watching. Uh, I think he does the greatest productions. Is uh, it's me JP uh, with Drop Frames. I don't know if you've ever seen the 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 podcast. Um, he used to be a commentator for StarCraft. Um, in, in the esports world, and now he's you know he's got one hundred and fifty thousand or two hundred thousand uh, followers on here, and he's just fun to watch. He doesn't even use a camera. He's tired of using the camera. He's very he's very um, skewed in his ways, right? He's very bitter. It's salty. Like it's it, it's funny to watch. Um, so you'll you'll see him on camera when he does his show, but when he mm -hmm. does his stream, like when he actually plays games, he shuts the camera off because he hates being on camera. Like he just hates mm. it. But when he does, he does like these role play shows uh, where they play like Dungeons and Dragons and all these different things. He's on camera and he's uh, he does fine there. But when he plays video games, he's like, I, 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 you know, I fucking can't take it. He's just like, he's very salty. And it, it, to me, I'm a very sarcastic, dry sense of humor person. Um, Big Mama and Chat, I get along with her really well because we're we're like the same same type of uh, personalities. So I just like uh, Twitch the way it is and the communities how they are. I mean. I'm looking forward to this show, you know, let's fast forward a year from now. I'm doing episode, you know, 64, you know, mm -hmm. 72, whatever it is. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So I, I wouldn't jump. I wouldn't jump ship. I would stay right here with Twitch just because my mom always told me the grass is never greener on the other side. Yeah, and I think that especially when you're doing something like this and you you want to connect, you want to connect with people, I, there's something about Twitch that – there's just this – it's already set and established. These other streamers have set it up. There's this – people want to donate. They want to help you. They want to support you. They want to see you grow. I mean where else – if you like a sport or a given thing, it's – there's forums and message boards. But you can't connect to people right. the way you can connect on Twitch and then you just get to be like – it was C.S. Lewis that said friendship is essentially looking at something and being amazed by it and looking at somebody next to you and being like, oh, you too? And that's <laughs> essentially what friendship is. Right. We get to do that with video games. Right. We're like, you too? You love that game? You love that scene? Um, and I just think that that element of Twitch is going to keep people put because it's like you don't want to lose that. YouTube just feels – something about it feels neutered. There does, there's not a communal feel there. Um, and like the problems you outlined on the top of this, like that just, I think is going to make it very scary. Yeah, that's got to, it's, that's going to hurt them. I mean, they got to change it. Another thing I like about Twitch is I just started doing this myself. Um, I play with, I, I play with followers, right? 
Um, I, I've been doing the Iron Banner with a couple of people. I've been doing strikes with them. Because um, I usually play with my core friends, right? Mm -hmm. And now, because we're split, some of us are on Xbox One and some of us are on Xbox 360, right? So some of them haven't made the jump yet to Xbox One. So sometimes, some nights I play 360 with a, a bunch of my friends. And then some nights I just go to Xbox One because they already have a full crew. And then I pick up the followers from from the chat and they start playing with me. And I think that's cool. The connection that you can find uh you got your own forms here you got hey mm -hmm. who wants who wants to who wants to play tonight you're not like searching for complete strangers technically they are complete strangers but they've been they're dedicated to you you know what i mean they're they're your fans they they like what you do so you go hey who wants to play and boom you got three four people already ready to go uh, and yeah. that's i like that i like i really like that how, how that works all right so sticking with youtube the the second story that we got is uh Two two big big shots, okay. Two big shots. YouTube personalities may be breaking federal guidelines and uh, at risk for a lawsuit. Um, the publisher called Three Black Dot was founded by ex Machinima staffers and and successful YouTubers Tom Syndicate and Adam C Nader. Okay, so these guys Syndicate has over nine million subs on YouTube. Okay, C Nader has over five million subs. On YouTube, so they're banking it, right? They're, this is their full-time job. They're making, they're making way good of a living off of YouTube. Well, they've also invested their money into this company that makes video games. Well, the video game company lets them play the games on YouTube, and they talk about them openly. Going, well, I shouldn't say openly. They're actually being silent about it. That they don't have anything to do with the company, but they do, right? So they're not being forward by telling people, hey. Um, we endorse this game because, you know, we're part owners and we're biased to it. You know what I mean? They're not mm -hmm. open disclosing what they're doing. So uh, this company, Game of Sutra, points out that both Castle and Montoya, which is Syndicate and Cnator, uh published multiple videos of themselves saying of uh, Dead Realm that they're clearly not disclosing their financial ties to the game publisher. And those actions might lead to Federal Trade Commission guidelines and uh, end them up in court and losing a shit ton of money. So what do you feel as far as, I mean, you, you, you develop a game or yeah. you're, you're doing game design or you're doing even graphic design, right? And you're pushing towards this, this thing. You got to openly disclose that, Hey, I like this guy because, Hey, I did his, I did his graphic design work. Right. So check him right. out. You know, you have to openly disclose. That's just the right thing to do. Right. Well, and I think that uh, yeah, it seems strange that they wouldn't know better because if you – makes you wonder if, if they're guilty then. Yeah, because if you're in the gaming industry at all, you know there's a lot of cynicism that people have toward you know Game Informer and IGN. And they're like, oh, they're in the pocket of the publishers and they every game is above an, you know, like an 8 out of 10. And there's just this – there's this cynicism and this distrust in the industry right now and in basically in the gaming community and then you come out as a a personality youtuber twitch streamer whatever and you start endorsing something and saying something's really great and really fun i don't know to what extent they did but you do that and then you know in the back of your mind you're potentially going to be financially profiting from that if people buy in right. you know buy I I just feel like they should have known better. I mean, anytime you watch, like I'm a big fan of Hey Ash, what you playing? 
um, great YouTube channel. They've done some sponsored videos where the little sketch and thing that they come up with is about a video game that has, you know, they've paid them to make this video. And it says sponsored. They're upfront about it. Boogie has done it as well. You know, he's got sponsored right. videos. And to me, it's like it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt at all to just have that transparency. That, I mean, that's I tell people I'm like I'm trying to provide, you know, I'm trying to diversify. I would like right. other revenue streams to provide for my family because it's like if you're going to support me, I'd rather be able to know you know what you're supporting and what you're helping and what you're doing than have it be this weird cryptic-like thing or in this case passively misleading. So – yeah, I would say they should have known better. Hopefully, there's there's something they can do to get out of it. I would hate to have this big black eye on them and the industry and the games because if the game is good or whatever the product is is good, I would just hate for their silly oversight to to shade the whole thing. See, I know in America they're 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 innocent until proven guilty, but something like this is a big red flag that they know exactly what they were doing. And they're guilty as charged. Okay, but I, I I just feel that like for instance on your stream, right? You 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 asked for a PS4, what the money was going towards, right? And you, and you hit your goal. You're you're being upfront about it. You know, if you donate, this is what the money's going towards, and this is what I'm gonna do. Why? Because it's gonna help my stream get better. Because I'll be playing games on the PS4. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's simple as that. And these guys who are making millions of dollars on YouTube are just being greedy, right? They're just being greedy and not disclosing other things. Uh, that just that if I was if I was if I was a subscriber to them, which I'm not, I would probably unsubscribe to them because I wouldn't trust them again. It's sort of like um, who's that reporter uh, on TV? Um, the one that that lied about the helicopter being shot at, Brian Brian Williams. Williams, thank you. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just like that. You trust somebody for your news or your source or your entertainment, and then they stab you in the back, and, and you just lose a little bit of trust in them. I would just want to see the videos, because if it's just them playing the game, that's, there's, I, I guess maybe there's two different categories. Is there, Can we say, is there a difference between promotion and endorsement, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. They're, prom- they're promoting it, and then, oh, come to find out, you're going to make money if it sells well. Uh, that's kind of raunchy. If they're endorsing, endorsing it, and it saying, right? But they were you know, given nine to out it, of ten. This right. game's amazing. That I think is a different ball game. Which again, they should have known better. I'd li- I'd have to see the content before I kind of brought down my sort of my verdict on it. But again, I think knowing the little that I do, right, should have known better. Right, they should have known better. All right. So the third story that we're doing is a report from VentureBeat. It's a Second Life creator Linden Labs starts testing out virtual reality world. They, they did a small little invite to their top makers in Second Life. Now, I don't know if you've ever played Second Life. Um, it was this virtual reality game that people literally made millions of dollars in virtual real estate um, in the game. Okay, so basically you can make anything, anything your brain could come up with, you could make in this game. Okay, I played it back in 2006, 2007 um, to about 2010, and I made thousands of dollars on this game uh, by making virtual goods in-game and selling them for Linden dollars, which you can convert into your bank, it's like a 200 to 1 ratio. So you would have like 200 Linden, 250 Linden would equal 1 US dollar. So what people started doing in this game, and we'll get to the new game that they're making in just a second, um, they would buy parcels of land, like virtual server space. Okay, Then they would build these virtual houses 
on these properties and then rent them to the virtual people, okay, for a monthly fee or weekly fee, which is a you know a rent of Linden Labs. Um, Linden Labs gets their cut, right, and you get your cut, sort of like Twitch of, of the subscribe button. Um, and then what people did it was like the Wild West, okay, because when it first started, it literally was the Wild West. There was casinos popping up all over the place, and there was porn sites all over the place inside this virtual inside this virtual world. Yeah, so vir- virtual real estate and casino, and then the actual government stepped in and said you have to close your casinos down. Okay, because they were actually making way too much money, and Linden, uh, could, the government couldn't tax them. Couldn't tax them because it's, it's virtual goods. So now it's all changed. They put different laws in. So now Second Life, Linden Labs creator, is coming out with this new game called Project Sansar. We don't know much about it, but what he's talking about is he's taking what Second Life was, and he's bringing all the virtual reality as creative medians. So if you know how to use Maya, or if you don't know how to use Maya, the very expensive uh, uh, art program, um, it's going to be based, like already built into this game. And you'll know how, you'll learn how to use it and you can create anything you want, just like in Second Life. But now I think they're going more towards um, the actual monetizing of your user created stuff to sell. They're pushing more towards that than the actual physical game. Um, so it's interesting. Um, and then on top of that, they're doing Oculus Rift with it because Second Life, if you have a high powered computer, it's literally like a dream. Like you put these glasses on now and you can just go into your own little fantasy world and role play as a, a vampire, as a whatever. You got to look at some of these videos that they, they, they do in the, in this game. It's absolutely amazing. It's not really a a news story. It's just more of a information of what Linden Labs is doing because Second Life came out in 2001 and it's still going strong. They, I think they get about 800,000 uh, users a, a month or whatever to come into the into the game. For for a 16-year-old game, that's, that's pretty phenomenal. It's like World of Warcraft type uh, standards. Mm. Um. Yeah, that's basically there's really no there was really no feedback or anything on that. I just wanted to bring that up. Um, the fourth story that we have is video games. The rest of the video games that are coming out this year, what what are you looking forward to the most um, that are that's coming out? Let me bring up the list real fast. All right, so September's coming up. We got Mad Max, Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, we got the Taken King coming out uh, for Destiny. We got Super Mario Maker. We got Forza Motorsport Six. Any anything popping out at you? What game? What game are you going to be buying yourself and streaming? Yeah, I mean, Mad, uh, Mad Max is on the docket for September the first. Um, won't I? I didn't grow up playing Metal Gear, so Metal Gear is not really pulling me in. The reviews have been like insanely good. Um, but I'm going to be doing Mad Max. It's one of those decisions I just made. It was like, I've got two weeks roughly before the Taken King comes out. And I think that's enough time for me to put a good dent. I think that's about how long it took me to do a 200% in Batman Arkham Knight. So I I hear that game's phenomenal. Oh, it was fantastic. The PC port is a black eye on a fantastic game. Um, did did you play it on the PC or did you play it on the, the console? 
I played it on the console. Okay. I, yeah, I don't. My PC is barely strong enough to stream, so it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm right there with you. I couldn't. I couldn't do gaming alongside of it. So yeah, I, I got a 200% in that game. I did everything, and I typically don't do that in a game. But the value was there. It was like well, this game is so good, I couldn't stop playing it. So I'm hoping to have a similar experience with Mad Max, and then obviously that that's going to give me, I hope, uh, two weeks of something before the Taken King comes out. Did you see? Did you see the Mad Max the movie? Did you go to the theaters and watch it? I have no that. Have Wait, a, that was a stupid question. You have a family. You don't have time yeah. to go to the theater. Right? What was I asking? No. <laughs> <laughs> like you haven't seen this, this, this. Yeah. Like no, if I had a baby. If it's not a red box, I I haven't seen it. Yeah. Right. Right. I got you. Sorry, that was a bad that was a bad question. I know the answer to that one. Totally fine. <laughs> so as far as uh, Destiny, we're going to talk about Destiny in a second. We'll get back to that. Um, I'm looking forward to actually what's not on this list is uh, I play Elder Scrolls Online, which mm -hmm. it, it gets a bad rap, and I actually really enjoy the game. Um, I think it's just the PC people hating on it that it's on console. I, I don't really know. They say it's like it's not really an MMO, and I'm like, man, there's a lot of content. The way I look at it is. Um, if you like Skyrim, okay, um, you should get you should get the game because it's Skyrim, but with your friends, okay. That's that's almost the exact same thing. I played it. I got to level fifty. Didn't feel like grinding for buffs because right. there was no skills anymore. You're just grinding for the buffs. So I started a new character. Stopped playing it. Had some unfun things happening. That Twitch, the Twitch community that streams that is also very. Stuck malicious. up, yeah, yeah. Well, they're malicious. Like we got attacked. Like, a lot of them were doing, getting fake views and stuff. And so it, I, I had to walk away because it just wasn't a very really? fun environment to be in. It was kind of disappointing because it was such a good game, and I got a lot of, a lot of followers and views from it. Um, but yeah, I said the same thing. If you like Skyrim, this game's fantastic. Not yeah. as immersive or story focused, right? But very accessible, arcadeish feeling. You got the, you know, you're always got something to do, and you can play with friends, right? I, I, it was a nice game to pick up. I mean, and and play with my my buddies. Um, I just think it's a bad rap, but they're getting the expansion that comes out the same day as uh, as Destiny. So I don't know what I'm gonna do. I, I'm gonna be streaming Destiny. I gotta be streaming Destiny. I'm a, I'm a loyal loyal Destiny guy. Um, September 25th, Animal Crossing. Not really interested. Lego Dimensions coming out September 27th. Uh, well, here's a good one. Fallout Anthology is coming out for the PC September 29th. Interested in that, or your computer's not not fast enough to run that? Well, by then, I like in a couple of weeks. I mean, I hit the PC goal. I'll have a PC that can handle it, but it's not on my radar. I'm not real PC games. Don't really fall into my. I gotcha. My purview. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm on a Mac, so most of the time, right? They're out of my wheelhouse automatically. So I don't I don't really stream much on the Mac. Um, let me see. I'm not really big into NBA. Oh, Tony Hawk, pro skater. I know you skated. You skated. Come on. I did. I did. Yeah, but, yeah, those games always got boring after an afternoon. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like them. Yeah. The The best skating game I played was, um, was it Top Skate? Is that what it was? No. Uh, what the hell was that? I don't even remember what the hell it was for now. Skate or Die was the best skater game ever. Well, that's that's the old ar old school arcade game. No, Skate or Die for the regular Nintendo. No, but I'm saying that's the original one was out in the arcade. Skate, oh, I didn't Skate know or Die that. was an actual arcade game. Yeah, and they moved it over to the to the uh, Nintendo. Uh, in October, we got Uncharted, Nathan's Drake's collection for the PS4. That has to be one of the best series. Uh, I used to have a PS3. I played all of them on the PS3. 
one of my favorite games. Man, I should have said that as my one of my favorite games instead of Mass Effect because that whole series though um, is just phenomenal. It's like the Indiana Jones uh, of video games. It's just awesome. Wasteland Two Director's Cut comes out on October thirteenth. You ever played Wasteland? No. Never got into that. Is that an exclusive to Sony? Because it doesn't even sound familiar to me. Um, it's a PC, and it's going to be on PS4 and Xbox One. They're they're okay. they're bringing it out. It's just PC back in the day. It was Wasteland and Wasteland Two. Sarge McCluskey, who's in chat, uh, my brother, who's usually on the show, he played the shit out of out of Wasteland. Uh, he knows uh, everything backwards and front about it. We actually met the writer. Um, little tangent here. We develop board games, and we went to a board game convention last year. And we ran into the guy who literally created all of Wasteland, like the video game. Now, he's not the video game designer, but he's the lore. Like, he created the whole lore of it. Pretty cool, sitting down with him with drinks and just talking. It was, it was, yeah, I was geeking out. Nerd, nerd, nerd. Anybody in the industry would be fun to talk to. Nerdvana there. Um, (laughs) Assassin's Creed Syndicate. What do you think about the Assassin's Creed series? I will be getting Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I know Unity was a total botch. Like, yeah, it was a botch job. Botch. Now Ubisoft has a video where they essentially apologize for that game, which is in some respects unprecedented. Um, and they admit they admit essentially what I said was that they tried to do too much. The game was so big, and then it had multiplayer. It had co-op. They just had to try to have this really big scope. I actually reference Assassin's Creed Unity whenever I defend Titanfall because I say, look, the scope was narrow, but Titanfall ran as smooth. Its beta ran smoother than almost every AAA game that launched for the last year. Right. And so Syndicate is kind of, I think, their their reestablishing of the industry. No multiplayer, no co-op. They've cut those things. Um, And so I think that's going to help quality it's going to help things be better and they're innovating i think the the rope launcher that instant verticality instead of slowly climbing right. buildings as the game evolved and the buildings became more intricate the slow spider-man crawl just got exhausting was like this was cool in the first first second and third game but now it's like come on like i just want right. to get to the action so i think that was a really smart decision that and the carriages and the boats Big open streets, really dense slums. It's going to have this good juxtaposition. Like it's not going to feel some of the old ones. So, you always felt like everyone so you're sold on this one's going to make up for for Unity. The, everything they're showing me says it's going to be a better game. It's going to bring the it's going to bring the franchise forward with some of the innovation, and it's not going to have the problems because they've shrunken the scope to have just better quality control and development. So I'm not a I'm not like a fanboy. I didn't even buy Unity. But I, for everything they're saying as a development company, I'm like, okay, this is what we want to hear. You guys are going gotcha. to knock this out of the park. Yeah, I played Assassin's Creed 1, 2, and like Brotherhood. And I thought Brotherhood was the best, right? Where you can call in the other assassins. Yes. You just whistle and they just, just come yes. into the... I thought that was cool. And then I stopped playing for a bit. And then when I picked up my Xbox One, they gave me Black Flag and they gave me Unity. Never touched... I, I literally logged into Black Flag, went, no... And then I went to Unity and I played it for about eight hours and I was like, oh, God, it's so buggy and glitchy. Then they gave me a 24 gig downloadable patch to fix stuff. And that was that was retarded. And so I erased that off my hard drive. Yeah. Black Flag was great, but Black Flag really exposed where they innovated in that game a lot, but then the areas where they didn't, it became really tiresome. Somebody from Forbes, I forget who it was, 
was worried that Witcher 3 was going to have what he called Assassin's Creed Syndrome, where every town you go to has the exact same 10 missions to do. Right, right. And you just get exhausted. You're like, the completionist in you is just like, forget it. I, I can't do all of this. Right. And so then you kind of get annoyed because you're like, well, I can't check all the nice little boxes and have a clean map like I like to do in Far Cry 3 and 4. Right, so you start like, raging. You start, you start hoard raging because you can't, get, you can't hoard all the stuff, so you start getting upset at the game, and you're like, ah, screw it. It's like, it's like Skyrim. I, I wanted to collect every single book in the game. Yeah, I, I'm still looking. There, I have a whole. There's just, just a, a pile of books. If I ever log in, there's just a pile of books in my house. It's the funniest thing. I just keep dropping them every time I grab a book. I just keep bringing it back to the house because I want to collect and then I want to read yeah. the stories in each of the books because there's so much lore there. That that's why Destiny gets you, especially yeah. now with the new the new Taken King. It's all collecting. It's all it's all false. It's all false uh, content is what I call it. You know what I mean? Where it's really, there's no content there. You make your own content by actually going and collecting everything. Hey, uh, Rock Soccer, thank you very much for the follow. I really appreciate it. Welcome it's to... Ex- uh... I'm sorry. That's it's okay. accessible. It's accessible collecting. So like in Skyrim or like Assassin's Creed Unity, it feels so inaccessible. You're like, well, I'm never going to complete it. So you get defeatist. It short circuits the whole like the whole incentivization to continue and to try just gets short circuited. And I think in Destiny... It's like, no, I can get all of the exotics or I can get right. you know, all the gear. So it's accessible collecting. But you There's can't, things in there that aren't good, but still. You, you I think can collect it, but you still can't hold it all. They still didn't give you enough space to hold it all. I don't well, care. Well, with the Taken King, you'll have enough. I, I don't care. I, no, I, I'm out. I'm out right now. I have everything filled. I can't even get another engram. I'm, I'm, my Postmaster is full, and then the new engram comes in, and it's just erasing whatever else is in the Postmaster. It's, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's terrible. Just stop playing. That's horrible. No, I, I can't stop playing. I'm addicted. I'm a junkie. I'm a junkie. I have to keep playing. Oh, that's great. There's no, there's no even point to play. Like everyone's like, "Hey, you want to do a nightfall?" I'm like, "No, nah, there's no point." They're like, "Why don't you ascend that gun?" I'm like, "There's no point." Uh, they're like, "Well, get a more etheric light." I'm like, "Etheric light doesn't exist anymore. There's, there's no point, right? There's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> there's no point." Invalidated economy. All right, so November's the big one. November's got a bunch uh-huh. of games coming out. You got Call of Duty Black Ops Three coming out. So you got Need for Speed. You got Fallout 4? Are you going to be playing? Are you a Fallout fan? I, I, I've missed the boat. What happened was I didn't know what Fallout was. Somebody said, you got to get it. I got New Vegas. Didn't understand it. And it just made me want to play Borderlands because I was like, uh, I just want to find guns and shoot stuff. So I'm, I'm going to get Fallout 4. I'd kinda, I, I think I'd be stupid not to. I think it's in the vein of the type of games that I like. Um, so I'm excited, to, I'm excited to step in as a complete total noob and uh, and just see how it hooks me because it looks awesome. So what what's your thought process like? Because you know all the big streamers are going to be streaming Fallout. Any any big AAA title they're going to stream. Do you stream like when it comes out with them, or do you wait a week, let them let them flutter it off, you know, because it's just a thing for them, and then stream it, or do you go head to head with them? I um, there's different theories here, you know, and it's a new science. It's a new it's a new thing to try out. Like there are going to be people that say it's stupid. Don't even try it when the big dogs are playing. I disagree. I think that um, and you need to have Guardian Outpost on your show, by the way. David's an awesome guy. I need to introduce you guys. Okay. Um, you would probably really enjoy having him on your show. He was in radio, so he's kind of like you. You know, he's kind of doing this thing. When he interviewed me and asked me about streaming and, you know, the advice I would give people, I actually have a whole different perspective on the big streamers. I think the big streamers 
hit that threshold you were talking about with Cathali and like his interaction is just different. It's a whole new animal. And I've had constant people come into my stream and say, I used to watch so-and-so, but they don't really talk. There's no interaction and they trickle down. And so I basically say that all small streamers can have that optimism. Right. That there are people on Twitch that want interaction and they're going to trickle down through the ranks and look for a streamer that's interactive. So if you're playing Fallout 4 on the big day and Lyric is playing with 15,000 viewers. Right. Here's the thing. None of those people are interested in you anyway. Right. They love that's, Lyric. That's a good, right? that's a good yeah. So he's not your competition. He's not. Do you know what he's doing, though? He's making that game trend. It's going to be one of the highest-ranked games being viewed on Twitch, which increases the odds of you finding people that are looking for what you have to offer. So you're never going to feel... Now, I know when you're just starting out and you're getting, like, two people and you're all the way at the bottom... What I'm saying may seem disingenuous. Oh, no, I, but, I agree with you Every, 100% with everything you're saying right now. Right, but if you can get into the sweet spot, the sweet spot is right under all those people that are over 100. Because everybody knows uh, once they're beyond 100 viewers, it's just, a, it's just a waterfall of text, whatever. Right. And so if you can get in that sweet spot above 50, below 90, right in there, you get that nice rotating door. New people are coming in. That's why you got to form those habits of greeting, et cetera. So my approach is that... Um, they're, the big dogs are not my competition. They're not a threat to me, but I can certainly try and drift and right, be like, absolutely. get behind them you know, and pick up all the people that don't want to go into a stream like that. Well, I, I agree 100%. You have, to, you, you have to stream a game you like, and you have to stream when you want to do it, not when it's told that other people are doing it. I mean, I've been, it's funny because I've been streaming Destiny since day one, since I started my, my stream, right? I didn't really get much, much people to come in. I get like one or two people come in. I, I picked up good followers, right? What you know? What got me my most of my followers? Take a guess of any game that that came out in the last month and a half. That okay? It's not. Even, it's not even. It's not even on a console. It's on the iPad. Okay. It's Fallout Shelter. Shelter. Yeah. 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 Okay. I've seen people streaming that. I I stream Fallout Shelter and I got rated like twice from other other streamers and I had like 112 people watch me play Fallout Shelter for like a good two three days and I was like, this is amazing. I've been playing Destiny, one of the most popular games, and it's just and there's thousands of people playing Destiny on on the oh, thing. Oh yeah. There's like three people playing Fallout Shelter. <laughs> okay. And yeah. I was just I was amazed. I was just like, "Really?" I was like, "This is what people like. They like Fallout Shelter." I was like, "Okay, cuz it was the hype, you know. They just had E3, they just announced Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. They said Fallout Shelter, you can download it tonight." I went, "All right, let's do it." So, that's what I did, and that's where I got most of my followers from, from Fallout Shelter. You just you just never know. You can't like, play I mean, that was, game though every day. No, you can't. I mean, I was streaming Destiny and got raided by Giggle Monster. He's a huge PvP Destiny guy. Had you know, I don't know, three hundred something, and I didn't even know what to do. I'm just like talking and greeting people and like trying <laughs> not to geek out and like, oh my gosh, you know, so many viewers. <laughs> but you just never know when that's going to happen. And right. Somebody said in the chat, Rocker Soccer said. A streamer can only be interactive when they have small number of viewers, and that's kind of going into what I'm saying. Like everybody's gonna gonna get over the crest of that wave, and then just have the big viewership, and then people will start to trickle down again. Which is right. why a small streamer can always be optimistic that eventually people are gonna find you and like you and stick around. So just keep at it, and that's why I'm such a big proponent of being interactive. If you're not interactive and those people trickle down, they're gonna go right past you. Right. So. That's good. Uh, yeah. So I stream the big games. I don't care. The big guys are not a threat to me. All right. So Fallout 4 comes out, and then literally the week later, Star Wars Battlefront comes out, right? Yep. So 
Are you going to keep playing Fallout 4, or are you going to abandon Fallout 4 and then go right into Star Wars? It's going to be one of those things where I think I'm going to have to make different judgment calls and weigh out like what I what what I think is trending, what I think is what I'm enjoying. What I don't want to mistreat a game. I don't want to take a game like Fallout and mistreat it and be like, well, I'm done with this. I'm just going to hop to something else. I my tentative plan is probably to have days of the week that I think are better for certain games. I gotcha. Um, like playing Destiny on a Tuesday is dumb for me. It's like no way. Everybody's on. Right. Um, reset for the too, week. Yeah, right. reset. There's too many people. Friday's really bad because trial starts up. So similarly, I think I'm going to try and look for those trends and try and make good judgment calls there because I don't want to treat a game – um, so haphazardly that's potentially going to be massive and give me lots of really, really good gaming time. Tomb Raider somewhere in there in that, in that month. Um, uh, you, know, you didn't say that. That's on the 10th, it's, I it's, think. It's not on – oh, there it is. Yeah, Rise of the Tomb Raider right after that's Fallout. That's in there somewhere. I'm really looking forward to that. I loved the, the last one. I thought it was fantastic. So I'm just going to have to make those decisions. It, you, you don't want to shift too much because the games are so different. It could be disorienting. So it's going to be kind of adapt – adapt and see what works kind of a thing i'm i'm personally going to be i'm going to be playing fallout 4 and i'm going to do the same thing i'm going to have to do like a monday tuesday wednesday like fallout and then thursday friday saturday i might do star wars battlefront when it comes out um yeah battlefront's going to be my uh my next thing and then you know balance that with with destiny um, well, and you may find that it might be better to flip that because the weekend's going to be when all of the like the PvP teenagers are on, right? Because um, they don't have school, and so that might be a better time to, as a smaller streamer, to stream a single player game, and then during the week when it's not as crowded, try the PvP. Do both, just see which see what you think. I like I, I like good competition though. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of you know talking out of both sides of my mouth. I, I notice when I. I notice sometimes during the day when I just turn my I don't stream I just turn my Xbox on when the kid's taking a nap and I'll play some PVP I I own right like I'm on the leaderboard number one all the time because all the all the competitive people are in school right then when you play at night at like eight to midnight that's when all the good guys come out and you're you're like oh I wasn't that good and you start you start <laughs> seating down to the bottom more yeah I wasn't saying for the nature of winning I was saying for the nature of streaming like, oh yeah. You may find better numbers by flipping it because you won't have as many people streaming on the weekends. But yeah, you may get your head beat in by the the teenagers who play all the time. Well, I would really like to switch to days because I've noticed the people that stream during the day get a bigger, uh, more responsive followers. There's a lot more people during the day. I, I'm on the graveyard shift. I do from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Uh, I'm I'm like getting the guys that are coming back from the bar, and I'm getting West Coast people. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm getting. I get from central to California is I get really very rarely anybody from the East coast. That's up as late as me playing the, you know, watching me play. So I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, doing some days in the next couple months. I have to switch it up since the kid's getting a little bit, uh, more independent where you can sleep longer and stuff like that. Um, and then going into December, you got Tom Clancy's rainbow six, uh, the siege. Um, I'm going to skip that myself. It looks good. Uh, and then Just Cause 3 uh, comes out. I never played any of the Just Cause's. Did you? I did not. And I wasn't interested in Just Cause 3 until I saw slowed down gameplay. The trailers were too Michael Bay-like. <laughs> I couldn't take it serious. It was just right. like, what? He's blowing up everything. But then when I got to see gameplay slowed down, 
I was like, this game looks absolutely amazing. Like, almost like Far Cry on steroids. Yeah, it's like super open world. Yeah. He's launch. When he did the grapple launch, backflip, wingsuit, I was like, <laughs> I, gotta, I, I gotta get this game. I have to play this game. I don't care what the game is about. He's got a wingsuit and a grapple hook. I'm good to go. All right, so Hitman. Do you ever play Hitman? That comes out December 8th. I'll probably pass on Hitman. It, it, it was not a series that, that pulled me in. It, some series just don't hook you, and that was one that never really pulled me in. Wow, and that's it. December 11th is the last one. It's Devil's Third. Um, I don't even know what that is personally. Um, and that's the end of the, the games. So the last part of the show, we're going to be talking about uh, Destiny. Uh, I know a lot of people in the chat love their Destiny. Let me, let me tell you, uh, Lono, uh, me and, and Sarge, we call Destiny our girl. Okay, that's what we, we just say the girl. Okay, we, we, we talk about Destiny like she's your hot stripper girlfriend. Okay, where she's super hot. Okay, but she's really messed up. Okay, in, in the head. And that's what Destiny is, right? It's a really good looking game. It gets you hooked. You like to hang out with it. But for some reason, every once in a while, she just goes ape shit on you. And like, you get dropped or it, it, you just get screwed over and you just don't know why she just turns on you every once in a while. So that's what we say here. We say the girl. Okay. So we're going to be talking about the girl and then there, we're actually making a drawing. If Lord Many's in chat, anytime you want to get that drawing done for me, buddy, uh, where he's going to make a hot pinup girl come across the screen and that'll be destiny. Every time we talk about destiny. So you, uh, you, you streamed the, the reveal yesterday and last week, and you got pretty good numbers uh, doing it. Yeah. Um, so what did you – well, first of all, since you weren't on the show last week, what did you think about the reveal last week when they showed the tower? Oh, man, you're making me remember so much content creation. I actually thought it was good. Um, I think I broke it down into, like, sort of the segments of what they what they talked about. I think overall – they're they're polishing out the the big takeaway for me from the first reveal was they're making huge shifts. Yeah. These aren't like oh you guys don't like this okay we'll tweak that. These are major shifts. Uh, you know the leveling the light thing. Th thank you for doing that. Like fantastic. Like thank you for not making me hunt down a pair of boots. I got stuck as a thirty one warlock for a month. I was stuck. At, I was stuck at twenty seven for two. Yeah. Yeah. Not for lack of playing or effort. Um, I always said that the, 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 the trajectory and directional nature of Destiny got short-circuited by RNG. It was like you felt like you couldn't move right. uh, because of a slot machine. So I felt like overall, the first stream, it was like they were telling the community, we have done almost everything you've asked for. And jokingly, you know, with the vault thing till the end. Um, and the weapons look great. I, you know, I think that the, the taking exotics to year two it was a good decision. I think leaving Gallahorn behind was the right decision, but they should not have flooded the market with Zur right before well, doing that. Well, they just came out yesterday on a, uh, was it Game Informer, uh, had a little interview where they mm -hmm. said the exotics that are not coming out now are not abandoned. They're just not releasing now. They'll be releasing them again throughout the year. And uh, I, I, knew, I, knew they were gonna do, I knew they were going to do that. Um, okay. And if you watched last week's, if anybody that watched last week's show, I called it. I said they're not getting rid of the Gallahorn. What they're doing is they're making uh, sort of like supply and demand, right? Everyone wanted the Gallahorn, so they gave it to you, right? So now it's useless, and you can still use it in the in the lower lower levels. 
But yeah. they're going to give you a Gallahorn 2.0. You know that. But what what's happening is they know they screwed up because the original guns that they came out with for vanilla um, were overpowered. Okay, they have the perks that they had on the guns were overpowered and they weren't tested because you can't test a game like this. Okay, it's different when you test it in house and when you test it with three million people playing it. Okay, and there's a completely different different test. All right, so we are the test subjects. Everyone jokes about that this is the largest beta test ever of a video game, which yes, it is. But at the same time, you can't test you can't test all the guns that they have in the game. It's like Borderlands, right? There's no way that someone at Gearbox tested every single one of those weapons and made sure that everything was balanced all the time. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I think what they're going to do is they're going to have Gallahorn 2.0 and they're just going to tweak it a little bit less uh, different than the 2.0 update that they're doing for the Gallahorn where they're knocking down the, the Wolfpack actual uh, numbers. But they're, they're going to bring it back. They're, it's just supply and demand. That's exactly what it is. Just, they're hyping up stuff. They, they, they want you to, to crave it because we like to collect because they need something else. So when, I don't know, yeah. Taken King 2 or, you know, maybe uh, uh, Crota's mom comes out of the woodwork next or something and, 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 we, <laughs> and we have to fight her because she's really PMSing and she she wants revenge. <laughs> His sister. Right. Well, that, that's exciting to hear. I mean, I, I actually, I'm going to need to modify. I have a post was like I was wrong about the Gallahorn was the name of it and I'm just going to do a video I have to tweak it now because I was actually like hey it's good to leave it behind it became its own entity it was all people talked about or cared about it became an LFG hurdle leaving it behind was a good idea it just seemed kind of insulting to be like yeah we're leaving it behind after giving everybody one right um so and hopefully like I said leaving it behind was a good idea because all those weapons there's like the weapons look great. Like they have very specific things that they do. They, you know, they look more unique and, and cool. And so hopefully there'll be more incentivization through, they said, you know, greens and whites are going to drop and make you sub out. You're going to stop using right. legendary. You're going to drop a, part. you're going to drop a purple to get, to keep a white. Yeah. That's great. I know a lot of people didn't like that. They're like, Oh, you know, and I didn't consider casual players who can't play as often. Maybe it took them longer to max all their stuff. Cause people kept saying, I grinded for a year and now I'm going to have to put all that gear away. And I'm like, grinded for a year. Like, are you kidding me? Like maybe six months, but your fate bringer should have been maxed fairly quickly. Oh yeah. You know? And then after, after the different things happened, before dark below, before dark below, it took you about two weeks, three weeks. But to I think max there's so again. many, so many players who didn't get to run raids successfully. Right. There's a large portion of the community to get to do that. I think their perspective's different because they're like, it took me all this time um, to get this gear where I want it, and now I'm going to have to throw it all, you know, on the shelf. So I think they need to consider that going forward. There needs to be better inroads for the ki- for the players who don't have the hours and the means and the friends list to get there quickly, because you don't want them feeling the exact same thing with the next expansion or DLC. Like all their stuff just gets invalidated. See, my my point of view of this is they should have made the game sort of like they did with the. Um the necromancer right the uh, husk of the pit where it started off as a white gun and i've said this on many shows before um and then you use that white gun until you kill a thousand people and then you can upgrade it with your materials and it, it becomes green right and then you kill another three thousand people so you have five you know four thousand kills and then you can upgrade it to blue and then so on and so forth right i think they should do a system like that with the guns because they say you're legendary right but they're actually they're giving me the guns they want me to play with, right? And they're saying that this gun is too powerful, 
and yet they're going to give me a different gun that's more powerful than that gun and then say that's OP. So it doesn't really make sense on based on what they're saying, you know? I think to be legendary, if I had the let's just say the Fatebringer was a white weapon when it dropped. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I played where I killed 10,000 people with this gun. Okay? It is now exotic after I literally grinded to get this gun up to an exotic weapon okay now when someone sees it they go damn where'd you get that gun and you're like oh well first i got it from the vault of glass okay and it was a white weapon and then i spent six months of my life you know upgrading it to an exotic weapon that gun would feel more like that's mine i did it right where it shouldn't be obsolete so now that they're saying all these legendaries are obsolete i i think they shouldn't tell us what guns to use. Yeah, I, I don't want to use the same gun for 10 years. I, I get it, right? I don't want to use the Fatebringer until 2020, okay? But at the same time, that should be my option. That should be my choice. If I want to keep that gun and have it in year 9 and still keep upgrading it and still keep upgrading it and I have to keep grinding, that should be my choice. It shouldn't be uh, their choice as far as, oh, this gun's just obsolete and here you go. You know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> I do. I think what, I think your idea is good. I think the challenge would be like a year or two from now, if you still if you're still carrying your fate bringer because they're giving you those pathways, they're giving you that choice. I think the dilemma is going to be they're gonna ha they're still gonna have to softly incentivize you to stop using it because I think they're gonna have to introduce different wep different enemies and bosses that require you to make different decisions about the guns you're using because if not if they have to kind of because if not they'll have to hamstring all of their innovation with bosses and boss fights to work within those weapons and what they can do and what their right. perks are and then I think what ends up happening then is you have you flatten out the weapon system and so all the we all the new weapons don't seem that much different from the, the past ones because to keep them on a level playing field and to keep them balanced, you know what I'm saying? They have to have that that slant and that trajectory. I got gotcha. you. You're always going to feel like I'm grinding for guns that aren't that aren't much better than what I have. That was the problem with House of Wolves. House of Wolves, <laughs> you slave away against Skolas and the prison, and nothing you get is better than raid gear or raid guns. Right. And you're like well, what am I doing this for then? And right. so I think if, if it's a loot-based game and you're incentivized by the loot, the loot has to move. Um, so do you, do you feel that what Bungie did, it's like they did this huge change, right? So did they have this from the very beginning? Like when they made Bungie, they're like, all right, year two, we're just going to throw this out. Or do you think they're like, we have no idea what we're doing. This is what the people want. Let's give it to them. And they're like making it up as they go. That's what it seems like they're doing. It. To an extent, I think that that is the case, and they've kind of admitted that. And I, I think that's okay. Um, they have that Game Informer video where Deej says there is no there is no playbook for how to design a game like Destiny. And I have defended them a little bit. I'm like, look, this is um, this is like a pioneer game. Like this hasn't been done before on consoles. This is new territory. Console gamers are very different from PC because people um, are like, well, yeah. World of Warcraft. Yeah, come on, it's a different you, environment. Yeah, you can't compare the two. Yeah, for that culture, you can't compare the two. So I think that it's okay that they're doing it this way. And what I said, I, I have a post 
and a video, was Destiny Year One just a beta? Because a lot of people are saying that. I don't agree with that. I said sometimes it felt like a beta with the weapon balancing, and it kind of de-incentivized investing in weapons because they could always <clears throat> I'm one change. Of, I'm one of those guys that said the beta because the way they changed from Dark Below to House of Wolves to, to, to now Taken King, it just seems mm -hmm. like they didn't know what they wanted to do. That's why I say it's a beta. Right, and I think that... I, I think you can say that, but you've got to qualify it like the way that you just did. I think people throw it out as like a, a pejorative, like, oh, it's just been a beta. Oh, right. No, um, I have backup. I yeah, I have backup Yeah, backup you qualified it a little bit better, and I could be like, okay, yes, it was like that. However, I think that's a really good thing because then you've got a game that we helped organically shape and improve, and I don't think you would have gotten that had they just delayed the game for a year and did internal testing and internal right. betas. Because the millions and millions of data points you get from the organic living community, right? You can't test in, it. Right? You can't, you test, can't it test it in, in that. house. That's, in house, right. that's invaluable. And if they're if they're willing, they say in the Game Informer video, initially they were very paternalistic and controlling, and they were just kind of like, nope, you can't do that. Nope, you can't do that. And I think they're seeing that that's not the way forward. The way forward is to listen. And I feel like that's what the first reveal was just pure evidence of. We are throwing so much out that we thought was right and saying, nope, we, this is what you want. This is what you, we're going to give you. So when people say, oh, it was a beta, I think even still that gripe is a sign of health within how the game's being developed. Yeah, because that's a, good point. a year from now, when we're looking at 2016 holiday season – potentially either Destiny 2 or another big expansion, I just think we're going to be looking at a much different game that is more vibrant, fleshed out, and robust. Um, and I don't think you could have a 10-year game without without their attitude and their approach. Right. I mean, the, the way it's going to happen is um, the old consoles are, are holding it back. They are. It's yes. just it's just what's what it is. Uh, when Destiny 2 comes out in September of 2016, um, there, there's going to be Taken King, and there's going to be two more expansions coming out this year. Um, and then Destiny 2 comes out next September, um, and that and they've already okay. said they've already said that um, they're dropping old consoles. When it when well, they, they said that yes yes when they when they drop it that's when you're going to see this game shine. And literally this first two years was I don't want to say beta again, but it's basically to bring in the people that were on the old consoles and go look here's the carrot in front of your face. Now we're taking it away from you. And we're moving it over to this console. You know what I mean? And it's going to be much better. I mean, I don't know if you've played it on the 360 uh, at all. I played on the 360, and then I played it on the one. The graphics are much superior. It just runs smoother. When you load to get uh, heavy ammo, when you're in a fight on the 360, it literally takes 15 to 20 seconds for the menu to pop up just to pop a heavy. Okay, where on the Xbox One, you hit you hit start, boom, it's there, and there's no waiting time. It's just the processing power is just not there for the 360 and it's holding it back way back. I think that's the reason another uh, pet peeve of mine is they have those freaking invisible ceilings. I hate invisible ceilings, especially um, I'm going back to their original, their original E3 video that they showed us, right? Uh, that devil Walker, when you come through the wall and, and the public event happens and you see guardians jumping over the wall behind the Walker. Okay. Well, if you try to do that now, you can't even get up into that in that region yeah. at all. I mean, there's a lot of things they changed, and I understand that. But I don't know why you make a whole world. Some guy, some poor guy, sat in that room for two years making that road up above, right, with textures and stuff on it that you can't see, right? There's yeah. there's 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 a building there with a door that you can't go through. 
because you just can't reach there. And that just irritates me when they do these stupid invisible ceilings or walls because there's always going to be a way to find a way to glitch out of the map they always do just look on youtube they find it anyway so well and it and in a way it it flattens out and really takes all the the potency out of all that hard work like if you just stop and look at the worlds and the planets when you're on them they are beautiful they look fantastic but because of the way you have to play the game and the way they've restricted you all of that just becomes ignored. It's just subtext. You don't even, right. just, you don't even pay attention taking, to it. You're just taking routes, like predetermined routes from one part of the world to the next. And it's like they really kind of flatten it out. I remember Angry Joe's review is hilarious because he cuts to a Vidoc <laughs> yeah. where they're like, we wanted to create a world where if you can see it, you can go to it. And right. then they cut to Angry Joe like and trying to go somewhere st- on the moon and he, and he dies. <laughs> it's like you can't go there. Right, you can't dies. go there. We don't want you to go there. Right, yeah. Yeah, and so I think I think you're right. I think leaving behind old Jen is a is a brilliant decision. A lot of people were worried because there was a contract that made it sound as if old Jen was going to be included no, it's in gone. the second year. I think that meant what we're going into. Yeah, and, yeah. And it wasn't referring to Destiny 2 because when I heard that, I was like, you will be so irrelevant by the end of 2016 if you're still right. having work on old right. Jen. The only way it would have worked is if old Jen got like a watered down crappy version to incentivize people coming over. But I can't see development time wanting to do that. Let's let's start. So a, am, let's start a protest right now. Let's do hashtag N64 Destiny. Let's let's get it made for N64. Let's get a throwback version. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's just time. It's right. time. People are like, don't call it next gen anymore. It's current gen. It's current like, gen. Like, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah I, but it, it's time. Yeah, definitely. All right. So the reveal they did this week, uh, another, you know, I, I, I'm in video production in real life. Like I, I work in television and film. I, I want to just call Bungie up and be like, let me please help you on your, on your yeah. production value, please. Because you guys are killing me with, with your production value. I mean, for God's sakes, I'm on Twitch here and look. I got fucking camera changes, you know, <laughs> and what, what do they got? They, they, they're, they're struggling over there. Okay. So I, I wish they would do their little better. I like that they're bringing in community people like Mr. Fruit. I don't know if you ever watched Mr. Fruit on YouTube. He's pretty funny. Uh, very, I, I checked him out. Cause when they made the announcement, I was like, I got to check this guy out. <laughs> I liked that. He was not, he wasn't in character for the stream. That right. Been right. Annoying. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he's really funny. Good, good, good. Uh, if you don't know who Mr. Fruit is, you probably do now because there was like 300,000 people watching the stream. So, um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of those people were not subscribed to him yet. Um, so basically, they didn't really show much, right? They just showed us a strike and they teased us with the, with the sword. And I understand as Bungie, you don't want to let the cat out of the bag, right? Because then no one, everyone knows everything and then there's nothing to be surprised about. But they didn't do anything. They could have just. They could have just posted that up on YouTube as a trailer, and it would have been the exact same thing, right? Even in the even in the reveal, they ran past enemies. They didn't even fight yeah. the enemies. It was like 19 minutes long. They were level 40 fighting a 36 strike. They didn't show us anything. It wasn't very difficult. It was just like whatever. Well, I think everything's really calculated with Bungie. I think sometimes they miscalculate. I think. What we were dealing with was, I know with the Prison of Elders, there was a lot of complaints about how, oh, we didn't get to see it finished, and they seemed to play very poorly when they played the Prison of Elders. It was like, how are you guys playing this badly? You designed it, you know, <laughs> we don't, we've never been here before. Right, like they didn't practice run. Um, I think they should have practiced run if they hadn't. So I think Prison of Elders, I think, was intentionally played poorly to motivate people being like, 
these guys suck. I'm going to get in there and play so right. much better. Right. And I think this time the the intention was we really they wanted the boss fight to be the showcase because right. the get boss there fight, get there fast. Get there fast. The boss fight was worlds better than any of the boss fights we've had so far. I that boss fight was more exciting than any either of the raids. The raid boss fights are boring. Like Crota stands there, yeah, okay, yeah. and then he moves. Ooh, and then like <laughs> Atheon's intense, but Atheon's only intense because it's it's disorienting. He doesn't do anything; he just stands there. And, he, and so he's I, and he's far sighted, so he falls off the cliff, right? So he yeah, can't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think they wanted to showcase the boss fight. And again, everything's calculated. The sword was there. They didn't really mention it or show it, you know, and then the, they're showing off the different weapons. The weapons I thought looked really, really exciting and cool. The downside, though, of showcasing the boss fight, they go in over leveled because if you would have gone in there at level, that boss right. fight would have gone much different. Oh, yeah. They would have been there for um, like an hour and a half and, and it would have been frustrating. It would have been, the, it been Deej, that grind. Deej would have been like sweating, didn't yeah. know what to do. It would have been that grind of like there's a high fail rate because this is tough. Like you've really got to you've got to develop a strategy as a team, which that's a good thing. Destiny does is they they they're totally fine with you failing. They're like, no, nope, you got to figure it out. Figure out how to beat this with the raids, and that strike fight is going to feel that way when you're at level. Right. So I think the strategy was good. Like, a we want to go in, make it exciting and fun. We don't want you guys getting your head beat in. But it made the entire front side of the strike just kind of boring. Like yeah. the Taken, they killed the Taken so fast. I was like, we didn't even get to see them. Right. Like, wh- right. what do they they're, do? They're literally like invisible blurs that they're just killing real fast. Mm-hmm. They just they showed just up and they just annihilate. And you're like, oh, great. That's that's fun. But I think it was calculated. I think the running past the enemies was calculated. Like, I think they want to leave that mystery of like, wait a minute, what was that? Go back. Like, they want players to feel that tug of like. For the wait, one wait, wait. time, for the one yeah. time though, and then they're just going to run past. I mean, I think there needs to be sort of like when you do um, um, the Archon Priest mission mm-hmm. where you it's, you go through the cave. Yeah, you can run through them, but there's a lot of guys there and they can kill you if you don't pay attention. And then you get to that open world part where the, uh, the, the ship is and there's that mm-hmm. door that's shut, right? And then you have that battle there and then you go through the door and then you have to fight. I think they need to make more strikes like that where they stop you at certain points like the new strike from House of Wolves, you go in there, you run right to the the teleporter, the elevator. You don't even fight anybody in that first room. Yeah. It, it's just it's ridiculous. It's as far as you, you you should be, you should have to clear the room before you get to move on. You know what I mean? To make it longer, it shouldn't be. Hey, quick, let's run as fast as we can to get to the boss and complete it in five minutes. Well, and I think that's one of the one of the pitfalls they're going to run into with how they're adapting to the community. And what the community wants is you got to remember one of the criticisms is people got tired of getting into a room and having to do the horde mode right. of like, oh, we got to defend to open this door. I think they're responding to that. They're kind of trying to open it up and let it breathe a little bit. But then like you're saying, well, then you can just run past everything and that's kind of boring. I think they could kind of meet in the middle. And what I recommended for the tank fight, like including the tank. Oh, cool. There's a tank. Right. They laid waste to it fairly easily because they were over-leveled. But imagine that tank fight at level. It's just going to be a spongy, just, oh right. my gosh, when's this going to be over-fight? Similarly to the walker that is in that strike where you're chasing Skolas. Like, you just got to dig in and pick at this freaking walker right. for however long, especially when it's a nightfall. I think the way that burns can increase the quickness of a nightfall and make certain areas intense and dangerous but quick... 
they need to channel that. Like, oh, we're going to fight this tank. Well, guess what? There's mounted guns or super super weapons in the room you've got to fight to. Right. Maybe there's force fields that are solar, so you need your titan to take out these. And then you're you're moving and you get to the super weapons, but it comes with great risk. You can die. Like, it's harder. But then it adds a quickness and an intensity to a fight that makes it hard. Instead of just being like, oh, tick, 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 hide. Right. Tick, 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 right, hide. Right, right. That's what that tank fight's going to be like on level. Like, they laid waste, but it's like, uh-uh, you were four levels higher. Right. That's not going to be like that when it's at level. Right, you're doing 100 times more damage than you're supposed to, right? Right. So, all right. So, as far as uh, what you've seen so far for between the two things, I mean, you're getting it anyway. I know you are. But, yes. I mean, has the, what you've seen so far, have you forgiven Bungie for their screw-ups for the, for the, for the other two expansions? I'm still reserving judgment for a few reasons. I still think that the big focus so far, and if you and I have a post about posting a video about this, I hate saying that because it sounds like I'm always self promoting, but self promote, my friend, self promote. Yeah. Um, I just said, oh, I've got a video to post. <laughs> like you know, I'm always promoting myself, but I just I've written so much about this. I, I it was called like taking King the Devils in the details when they first re- re- released the bullet points about the Taken King. If you remember, real early on, back at E3, they were saying this is going to be the biggest injection of new content in the game. They kept using that phrase very, very, you know, in, in, uh, right. incessantly. And then they released the bullet points about the Taken King, and that phrase shows up, but it's attached to gear, guns, and talents. They don't say it's going to be the most substantial injection of new missions and narrative and story. It's attached to the guns, the gear, and the talents. And if you think about where the big focus has been, Zer was posting all those pictures on Instagram. Instagram, yeah. The, the first reveal, they're in the tower the whole time looking at gear. You know, oh, look at this gear, look at this gear. And it was exciting. I got excited. I was right. like, oh my gosh. And then I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, I'm buying in to something that could then not be what we're all hoping for. So this is my concern. My concern is we're going to get it and it's going to be lots of repetitious content again, which is fine, get, which mean, is fine. Uh, That's the nature uh, of destiny. Right. But I think a lot of people are going to then be upset and think I paid $40 and I wanted more than this. I think there's a, there's kind of a, a cancer in the destiny community right now of people that cannot be pleased but that's my concern is that it's just going to be a ton of gear, like just this mountain of gear that we're all going to be lusting after and then being sort of taken through repetitious paths that then I think devalues the content because right. it's like you just keep doing it over and over. They even have said the Dreadnought's going to be – there's puzzles. You're going to want to go back you know, every week and every month and check and try and solve right. these puzzles. I, I like the fact that they put 50 pieces of the exotic weapon across the whole Dreadnought, and you have to find all the pieces to get the exotic weapon. I think they should do some more stuff like that. That, to me, is interesting. All right. We're at the end of the show. I'd like to thank Say No to Rage, a.k.a. Lono Got a Gun. Okay? I really appreciate you coming out. Um, so please, uh, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, I mean, if they if they Google search "say no to rage," they'll find all my stuff. Obviously, say no to rage dot com is you know my blog. That's I don't really push that, but that's an easy way 
to find links, you know, Twitch twitch.tv slash say no to rage or on twitter at say no to rage if they look for say no to rage they'll find all my stuff whether um and uh, you know you always want to repurpose your content so if they don't like reading blogs the blog posts always become videos uh everything i talk about on my blog and my videos we we discuss like crazy in my twitch stream so whatever medium they like to engage with i hit all of those mediums so um that's the best way to find me all right, his Twitter, his Twitter is right underneath his name, right there, right underneath his picture, right there. Uh, please check him out. If you have not following him, please follow him. He's a very good streamer. Um, and Lona, you're welcome on this show anytime. We have a third spot for you already made. I got the template already made for a third spot guest. So it'd be me, Sarge, and anytime you want to come back, you're more than welcome. I mean, I I love doing this kind of thing, and you know, Thursday night's a good night for me. So, you know, if if you've got something and you're like, you got a spot or need me on, or especially after Taking King comes out, I'm sure I'll have tons of uh, tons of thoughts on it. I would be more than happy to come back. Cool. Um, I'd like to thank everyone that followed uh, today. Uh, there was three of you out there. I know uh, Rock Soccer was one of them. I don't know who the other two were. Um, sorry about that when it, it popped up. Uh, those of you that don't know me, I'm 30 and still gaming. This show happens every Thursday from 8 p.m. to about 10 a.m. Uh, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, every week. Okay, and then I stream every night from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. So if you can't find someone that you like on Twitch, come on by. We're a very chilled group. Uh, swing on by. Very casual. Uh, I stream Destiny. I stream Elder Scrolls Online, and every once in a while, just some random game that I like to to throw in, like Smite or uh, shadow complex. So, all right. They're two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.